Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old soundtracks for some reason. This is Nick. Chris. <laughs> this is Caleb. Coming in hot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and this week, I think Nick has a pick for us. I got a pick for us, guys. This is the soundtrack to the 2000 film Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah! Woo! Woo! Says our first Nicolas Cage. Yeah. That's so weird. It's crazy. We've done like 86 episodes. Or this is 86 and it's our first Cage. I I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. He's done many, many movies, but I feel like most of his movies aren't really associated with a lot of uh, distinctive soundtracks for whatever reason. Uh, Wild at heart, maybe. Yeah, some of the early stuff, but uh, (laughs) it's been like a lot of Eastern European uh, films done on the cheap, like no music licensing, like budgets. But uh, this is my first time watching the movie uh this will be first time listening to the soundtrack how about you guys wait what what <laughs> you picked this, this one pick? <laughs> yeah it's been on my list i <laughs> i saw this movie in theaters it's 2000 uh, so that would put me in middle school and i remember uh-huh. thinking it was great um rewatched <laughs> we'll talk about it we'll get into it we'll get into it. The middle sound- school so i was i was definitely i think a freshman in college and i didn't see it in the theater i don't know when i did see it but uh Mm-hmm. This is definitely, there was, this was the height of kind of the Jerry Bruckheimer kind of before Michael Bay took the, took the reins of like the Bruckheimer style. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer used to, apparently he could turn any director into Michael Bay before Michael Bay became Michael Bay. And uh, I remember this being a huge film and watching it and thinking, okay. The, uh, the soundtrack's got like a mix of some alt rock, some hip hop, uh, some electronica. Yeah, some trancey so, stuff. Uh, yeah. that. Should we uh, listen to it and find out if it's any good? Yeah, let's jump in. I'd love to. This is track one. This is The Cult with Painted on My Heart. But it's just not so. And after all this time, I still can't let go. Right off the top, we'll go ahead and say that no 1967 Shelby Mustang GT500s were harmed during the making of this film. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a big weight off my shoulders. I swear. <laughs> All right. So I think this is the credit song. It is. Um, this is written by Diane Warren, who is like kind of a famous uh, schlockmeister. Uh, most famously, like wrote the song, the Armageddon song for Aerosmith. Oh, wow. Um, wrote a bunch of, this was kind of the height of getting like aging rock bands to record what is in a lot of ways like kind of a very show tunesy like oh, overwrought like maybe not Mo- meatloaf but maybe like barbara streisand-esque uh ballads it's got like an orchestral epicness to it it I is think. a tone that does not uh match the tone of the film and it was definitely i think i can't remember if this this has to be after armageddon this is, yeah, Armageddon was 98, mm-hmm. but, yeah. the, but the Aerosmith of it all... Aerosmith did record a version of this song. I've got their demo queued up here. Oh, you, so you do have it. Because oh, I, oh, okay, oh. I haven't listened to it, but I, I want to say before we listen to it that uh, I assume... So <laughs> Aerosmith is not a band, a band that I'm a fan they of. They are not a band. They are not a band. <laughs> not in my, my eyes. Yeah. I'm not an Aerosmith guy. I really like the Colt. 
Uh, the cult are like. Uh, I was a big fan of the cult when I was yeah. a kid. Oh, like she sells sanctuary. Oh, one of the song. best songs ever written. They've I got think. a lot yeah. of you know. She it's sells like, sanctuary. Yeah. Say that five times. You know, <laughs> not quite goth, not quite hair metal, but like some like good kind of weird in in betweeny. Uh, you know, maybe related to let's say like Echo and the Bunny Men. Yeah, um, a cousin of you two in some universe. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I. <laughs> They, they they aren't a band that they that seems like very uh, relevant to this kind of song or like appropriate for this kind of song. Yeah, and it does seem like a song that would be like late uh, career Aerosmith. So I have to assume that they biffed it so hard that the the cult version was the one that ended up on the soundtrack. But I don't know. So let's maybe give it a listen. Let's hear a little taste of uh, Aerosmith with the "Painted on My Heart" 2000 demo. Yeah, Aerosmith, not a band. Yeah. <laughs> we should bring that. You know, technically, Aerosmith is not a band. You know, a lot of people, like, a lot of people, no, I want to elaborate. A lot of people are going to tell you that Aerosmith is a band, but I uh, technically, technically, they're they're actually. Not. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that's a demo that is equally. It's definitely worse than the Colt version, but it seems closer to what the song should be, mm. which is a bad song. There's no version of this song that's like good, in my opinion. I mean, she's written, you know, maybe over a thousand songs for, you know, artists from late 80 or like even from the late 70s all the way through the present. Yeah, yeah. Diane Warren? Yeah, Diane Warren. And most of them besides, you know, the the big hits, uh, like the couple of songs that you mentioned, um, you know, they're all like kind of random album songs from artists. It's nothing to write home about, I would say. Yeah. Uh, you're right. There is no like epic makeout scene that this the Aerosmith version yeah. would have uh, been a- applicable to. I yeah. think. I mean, the worst parts of this movie are the parts that take itself seriously. Very and true. this song takes the movie more seriously than those worst parts. And, uh, and this song was released as a the cult version was released as a uh, single. Yeah, hmm. yeah. They were trying so hard to make this into uh, what is the? I don't want to wait. No. Uh, I can't. Don't wanna close my eyes. Yeah. It's, it, it's a kind of yeah, man. super you, contrived baby. garbage magic that they're trying to recapture, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty obvious and craven. It's like the most craven song that uh, I've heard in a long <laughs> most time. Cowardly song I've ever heard it's in my so life. Craven. <laughs> I can only describe it as being craven. Yeah, this one did not uh, blow up the middle school dances the same way that uh, <laughs> the Armageddon soundtrack yeah. on. <laughs> This uh, soundtrack did get a parental advisory explicit lyrics sticker on it. Nice. Thank you, Tipper Gore. Yeah, take that, <laughs> Tipper Gore. <laughs> yeah, this is a very adult album. I know. Only yeah. for adults will enjoy it. Imagine the kid at Blockbuster Music getting turned away for trying to buy this album, being like, "Are you? Come on, man! Really? It's gone on. in sixty seconds. Come on! Come on!" Uh, rules are rules kid i don't know what to tell you (laughs) i do it's sad because i don't think we've ever had the cult on uh any of our episodes before i don't think so it's a band that i like quite a bit and a band that i listen to every once in a while fire is another great song by them Mm -hmm. 
And they and in their prime, they were ridiculous in the same ways that uh, Aerosmith is ridiculous. A lot of like bandanas and like uh, yeah, I saw like a Guitar Center performance video of theirs from like two thousand. <laughs> they weren't they were not looking good. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Yeah, they're fucking. They they're over their... the, they're over the top. A lot of like wind machines and a lot of uh, smoke. But I but I I love them in a way that I will never love Aerosmith. Right, well, fair enough. Fair so enough. good for them. I hope that they got a, a chunk of change. Yeah. Give them that payday, Bruckheimer. Thank you, Diane Warren. <laughs> No. <laughs> you guys want to hear track two? Please. Yeah. This is Gomez with Machismo. There's a thing about, I guess this is technically 2000s, but I think I, I think of a lot of this music as being late 90s and that uh, you guys make fun of me for my love of trip hop, mm-hmm. which is a very narrow love. It's not for the entire genre, but like the best versions of it. And it's a, a weird form of kind of alternative rock that's very sample heavy and kind of slightly referencing hip hop without, um, without uh, getting like unwhite at all. It's a very white version of uh, kind of hip hop influenced mm-hmm. rock. Yeah, all the things you're saying make me not like it more. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> I, it, you know, this, I'm saying in this song, this is not like a good version of that. Um, I <laughs> I gather that it samples some David Blaine. Oh yeah, that the uh, the vocal sample, uh, the guy saying like he's into some spiritual stuff yeah. is a street reaction. From David Blaine's uh, special Street Magic, where uh, it's, it's like someone's reaction to him levitating. Uh, yeah, the weird like fake levitating. The fake thing. levitating. Uh, we here at uh, Track Listing, we believe that David Blaine's magic is real, and that we believe you. Uh, as Michael Jackson said that, and some he was accepting an award, and out of nowhere he was like, "David Blaine, I believe your magic is real." <laughs> No, man, that's video editing. What are you talking about? David Blaine, he is like the... Speaking of the cast, Giovanni Ravisi is in this film. David Blaine is the Scientology of magic performers (laughs) in that he's like, the first thing we have to do is focus hard on Hollywood celebrities. And if we convince five famous people that my magic is real, then uh, I'm either going to have a career or like a cult. (laughs) Hey, man, he did it. He he held his breath for 12 minutes or whatever the heck. That's, That's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. I mean the yeah you know the kind of Houdini stuff that he does it's kind of interesting but like there's so many the videos of him like in Harrison Ford's kitchen yeah. you get the hell out of my kitchen <laughs> get off of my kitchen <laughs> yeah. he pulls his card out of an orange or something yeah. <laughs> convincing Kanye that like uh, yeah that he hit a card in orange he's like dude th- this is our most vulnerable population, our celebrities. <laughs> yeah, so boo-hoo. They're, they're, not used to, uh, they're not used to dealing with uh, trickery. Yeah. Uh, well, before I say where this happens in the movie, Nick, you want to give us a, a brief description of, uh, of what this movie's about? 
Nicholas Cage has to steal 50 cars in one night to uh, save his brother's life, basically. Yeah, that's right. His sort of estranged brother. His brother, that's in, his brother that's in too deep. Yeah, he's a real, real piece of shit, his brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, guys, there's nothing like a brother's love. That's true. Yeah, uh, brother's love. We talked we talked about a father's love. We have not discussed <laughs> the power the, of a brother's love. <laughs> we're in the brother's love territory. This is, I guess, technically a remake of a film, which is something that I don't think I ever really realized until preparation yeah, it's just for like this episode a, a seven, 70s film a 70s car boosting movie which i have not seen I car, what was that car boosting car boosting yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the listeners at home chris uh well car jacking uh there's a part where uh, oh, yeah. uh shy mcbride beats the hell out of a car jacker and then that's You're gun really, in your face you look down upon the 90s yeah. uh, car jacking we're going back to the 70s car you, stealing you got that's the boosting that's boosting. the finesse you gotta, baby you gotta boost you gotta boost dude everybody can... everybody in this movie is pepe le pew for cars <laughs> yeah, it's like real like oh look at your curves you're gonna touch you i'm gonna do it and you're just like it's oh really, really gross well i love that there's like <laughs> the, there's like an arrogance to um like a snootiness to how you steal the car it's like you guys are all thieves like yeah, yeah. so so what if you throw somebody out of the car it's like no 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 you gotta seduce the car okay you gotta touch its hood and who's got you... the fanciest butter knife yeah. <laughs> like they're all like you know gigolos or something yeah. like no there's an art to it there's a very unbelievable uh love story that kind of gets folded in like halfway through this movie between uh, nicholas cage and angelina jolie mm-hmm. uh when it's obvious that it's it's this car it's nick cage and a certain car yeah yeah does she have dreads in this movie? I can't tell. Close enough. Yeah, dreads uh, and uh, blue contacts. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like one of those uh, characters from one of the Matrix sequels. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yeah. One of the albino uh, <laughs> dread <laughs> brothers, whatever. Uh, one of the things I found about uh, Gomez and that Machismo song was that they recorded their, uh, their EP that that song was on at uh, Real World Studios in Bath, which is Peter Gabriel's amazing recording studio. Yeah. Such a shame to, yeah, like, oof. just this crap getting I mean, recorded in that amazing studio. That's the thing is that I don't even hate this song. The song's fine. Like, uh, well, for a soundtrack song, I think it's uh, it's fine. It plays twice in the movie that I could see. Waste, <laughs> waste of studio time. <laughs> <laughs> Defiling Peter Gabriel's beautiful studio. Yeah, beautiful console. Peter Gabriel That's has... where Salisbury Hill was made, bro! <laughs> Peter Gabriel has wasted enough studio time on his own. I don't think we have to yeah, gang right. up on Gomez. Sledgehammer, bro! Oh, come on. Um, this is playing when Nick Cage, uh, our first introduction to him, where he's uh, he's teaching kids at a go kart track uh, yeah, yeah. how to race. Good scene. Yeah, it's fun. He's given like a out in the Salton Sea or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, it's <laughs> desert somewhere. Uh, and then he also um, this is playing when Nicolas Cage is like showing up at the the exotic car dealership, and he's like. Uh, I'm Roger too. Uh, two Rogers don't make a right. <laughs> Show me all your cars. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, two two some... Rogers too many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a huge defender and enjoyer of Nicolas Cage's like bizarre acting choices. Yeah. And yeah. this is like, the funny thing is that this movie is right in the height of Nicolas Cage movie star. Yes. This is before he like worked himself into such financial uh, dire straits that he had to take like every movie role due to the 2008 uh, financial crisis. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's funny to watch, like you're looking back and you're like, Oh, you're uh, you're, you're like still as unhinged as like the, the modern version of Nicholas cage. It's like, we just didn't see it. Yeah. And <laughs> whenever he's going into like, he's a, 
I don't know what the character is supposed to be when he's like really into stealing cars. It's kind of believable when he becomes like a con man. It's like really crazy. Well, yeah, there's another scene where he's like trying to distract a tow truck driver or like a big rig driver. And he's like, Hey, you're just good car. Truck driving school. How do I get that? How do I get that truck? I love to drive that truck. Like every time he's like trying to do some smooth, like smooth talking, like get himself into some situation. It's like, Jesus man. I'll show you the cars. Like you're allowed to see the cars at the dealership. You don't have to make up a name and be weird. Two Rogers, too many. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what? I don't fucking know what you're talking about. Apparently, he uh, went to like race car driving school to do like maybe eighty percent of the stunt driving in the movie. Oh, nice! Which he ended up like falling in love with, of course. I bet. Yeah, I mean that would be the black like if, if which you... like scared the insurance company for the film. Yeah, you know they were like, ah, we're, he's doing too much stunt driving. Yeah, that would you know, be... but he loves it. We can't tell him no. <laughs> I think it, like can't get him out of the driver's seat. Yeah, he's he's very enjoyable in the film. Um, this is definitely there's like a certain amount of uh you're talking about like movies with great car chases and in the 90s there begins to be some and i feel like there's some great ones now and i think that this is um unfortunately tainted by like the jerry Bruckheimer school of like it doesn't have to make sense and it's just like a so whenever there's an action scene it just it becomes like uh incomprehensible and i kind of it's too bad because like the, the value of having, you know, like a lot of, uh, Tom Cruise movies, uh, he, if he's willing to do all the stunts, it gives you the ability to do so many cool things with the action sequences. And like, if you have a guy who's actually doing the driving it doesn't like you get a green screen, like it doesn't matter that, uh, Nicholas Cage is doing the drive in this film. Cause it doesn't, none of it seems like that real. And yeah. it's just like really bizarre, like action sequences. So it's a little bit of a, I guess a kind of a tragedy because if you actually to like ensure a guy to be in the car for all that, you he, could he's do very so much. proud of it in interviews. He's like, you, you watch the film. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I would be proud of it too. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, I, this paved the road for, uh, uh, <laughs> for fast and the furious. Oh, absolutely. The, Cause that was the following year. And I mean, so I guess they were being made at the same time, but th- there were a lot of uh, car boosting movies in, uh, in my youth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boost. You got, you got to boost cars. <laughs> All right, Nikki, what do we have next? Let's pull right into track three. This is Moby with Flower. This is, I think, the song that's actually playing in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. That's there, correct. There's a song before that, and then like there's a real opening credits with like a, mm-hmm. a scene that shows Nick Cage and the mom and Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, well, it's a bunch of old Photoshop photos of like uh, young Nick Cage, and yeah. they are outrageous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As somebody that <laughs> does a lot of Photoshop, it's hilarious. They added like a wavy greenness to the camera, I think, to compensate for the bizarre <laughs> Photoshop. That's my my theory. Um, this is like a good song. It's kind of crazy. This is a B-side from uh, Moby's album Play, which is like one of his big albums. Yeah. And uh, 
we talk, you know, if you talk about uh, white people appropriating music, you know, there's obviously like uh, Elvis kind of famous for popularizing rock and roll when he was just covering a bunch of pre-existing songs that black artists had recorded and written. And uh, <laughs> it's so crazy to me how much like culture has changed and that this was 2000, or I guess the song was probably in late 90s, but uh, mm. it's like literally a slave song. <laughs> <laughs> this little white guy has like added some like drums and effects to yeah, the, the, the and sample is pulled from the it's from an LP album from 1960 called American Folk Songs for Children which was a collection of field recordings uh, from the south yeah. wow. um, it's literally a song it's, it's like a children's song where <laughs> it's kind of the, the gist of it that never I don't think you ever hear in uh, what's sampled in this version is that it's like the the slave owner's wife has died and it's like if you're sad like raise your hands if you're happy clap your hands type of thing or it's like a weird thing and it's like so fucking dark <laughs> and then i'm just seeing like young uh nicholas cage like photoshop <laughs> i've seen some clips of moby perform this song live too which are extremely disappointing yeah it's like him playing guitar over the over the vocal sample with a with a live band yeah, Kenny. I didn't realize he played instruments. He yeah. like plays. Mm-hmm. There's like in a lot of he plays like every instrument, or he can. But it's like a he can also get any tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> does he have more since the last episode? He does. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's more tattoos. Um, yeah, he he got that vegan for life neck tattoo. He's, I think he got another neck tattoo recently. Yeah. And now he's getting uh, some face stuff, nice. some Roman numerals, and like a cross. Does it stand for veganism in some way or something? I don't know. Yeah. He's just getting tatted up later in life. I think it's to compensate uh, for the whole Natalie Portman. <laughs> I, think it's all, I think it's all just like trying to distract. Like, look over here. Look how crazy I am. How can you take me seriously if I have all these crazy tattoos? Animal rights, like full sleeves. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I think that I'm more sympathetic towards uh, Moby as a public figure than you guys are. And I, I think that this song is, I think it's, I mean, it's funny. I, it, it's cringy to think, this is not something that, I would like to think this is not something that somebody would do now in like the modern like context of culture and appropriation. If you would, you'd be like, oh yeah, this is like a queasy thing for, mm-hmm. uh, that being said, like what was the, uh, the. You're talking about David Guetta? David Guetta. <laughs> I was like, uh, David Guetta. Like a year ago with the. Oh, have speech. a drink, 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 drink. <laughs> It's like dance remix, like dedicated to George Floyd. Well, he did so. solve racism. So, you know, that was, that was good. So we have it. I guess David Guetta. maybe we're at the same point, but uh, I think in the, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like normally you would be like, well, if somebody samples somebody heavily, like uh, at least the money's going backwards. But if it's like field recordings, I don't think that's true. Yeah. So I think that uh, Mo- Moby probably walked home with all that 60 seconds money. Yeah. A lot of sample-based uh, musicians kind of, you know, in their heyday during the 90s, too. Fatboy Slim, Tribe Called Quest, uh, DJ Shadow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're in the era. I think the sampling technology was going into the digital age, and so it's a lot easier to do it. And so it just opened up a lot of doors for these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's what I grew up on, listening to, like, digital stuff that was sampling, like, old blues things with a crazy beat. Mm-hmm. I was kind of so I'd seen this movie before on rewatch. I was assuming that uh, we were going to see like Nick Cage getting out of prison for having stolen cars or something. Yeah, because it's like this slave song, and it's like, oh yeah, it's like. But now he's just like, uh, 
He's got a go-kart place out in the desert. <laughs> yeah. You're, Nick Cage is about a 6 out of 10 in this movie, which I think is like probably the best, you know? <laughs> like, and his hair plugs are also about a 6 out of 10. They're not... <laughs> They're not like the weird sprout, like bird. <laughs> like he's got like bird Is that feathers. Like the adaptation <laughs> hair. Well, adaptation. They just like let him be bald. It just adaptation is maybe the best Nick Cage. That and leaving Las Vegas. Oh, I think. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I could talk about Cage all day, but uh, adaptation. I think so. But as far as like lunatic Cage, I mean, if you're getting like the nines and tens, that's like Kiss of a Vampire, uh, uh, Wild at Heart, <laughs> just like a, a bad lieutenant, of course. <laughs> Port of, call, port of call New yeah, Orleans just fucking going ape shit Dude, that movie's really really good I love it man <laughs> anyways Nikki what do we got next you guys got anything more on Moby want to say um I heard this song uh in a in a class in a boxing class um and it was a plank challenge so you guys listeners do this at home uh play this song <laughs> oh yeah because I think people misunderstand the lyrics I think it's green Sally up but people hear it as bring Sally bring up. Sally so up bring Sally down they've incorporated it into these different like workout routines yeah which is also <laughs> fucked up it's super <laughs> fucked up I, I didn't I never thought about that art but yeah. um yeah, it's you start uh, when it's down as like a plank on your elbows and forearms, and then it's you bring Sally up or or green Sally up, and then you get onto your hands in a push up position, and then you have to do the whole song and go up and down when she says to go up and down, and it's incredibly hard. And if you do it, you got a free uh, boxing class. So, <laughs> anyway, but I couldn't do it. I gotta say, I'm I'm pretty impressed that this is. I didn't. I mean, I remember having Moby play, and I listened to it a ton. I'm sure, and. If you had asked me, I would have assumed that this was on the album because, uh, you know, I think I only had one Moby album, maybe two, but like... Uh, yeah, Play was the one. If yeah. you told me that this was a B-side, because I know this song, I know this song, maybe it's because of this movie, maybe it's because of the soundtrack, but I know the song really well, mm -hmm. and maybe I, maybe I just never even owned it. Probably worked its way into like some car commercials. Yeah, in the 90s. it's a pretty... Yeah. Yeah. It's a good song, you it's know. Good, it's a good song. I, I I'll uh, I'll go to bat for Moby. Moby's play. got a fucking yeah. ear, and yeah. he's a musician, and I think that he's a good guy. Um, I don't think that he would he would make the song today, <laughs> culturally. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to hear track four? Yeah, please. Groove Armada rap. They won't rap. Okay, we get the rap on the platter. It don't matter. It could be ours, white or blacker. The fact of the matter, I drop some hip-hop and progress the message. The efforts don't stop. I keep on from like Bronx to Peckham. Trying to climb in my mind, not as thick as they reckon. Some underhand maneuver, I define it through ya. The sound of the sweetness coming straight from the sewer. London town, run you down. I got sound. Groove Armada showing up again, maybe once again on track listing. Uh, they had a song in the Girl Next Door movie, yeah. uh, which was not on the soundtrack, oh, only okay. in the movie. Uh, they've also had some music in the uh, Tom Cruise movie Collateral. Yeah, and, yeah. The, the Collateral song, that they, it's, that's, a, that's a great song. That's actually a soundtrack that I'd like to do one of these days. And the 2003 video game Rayman 3 Hoodlum Havoc. Hell yeah. Great game. Uh, <laughs> I think I had maybe the first Rayman on like a PC. Yeah, yeah. Great platformer. Classic platformer. Uh, we hope to see Rayman a lot in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I should say Groove Armada is a duo. Uh, neither of them are, are rappers. I think the rapper featured on this song is a guy named M.A.D. 
This is kind of like, um, I think that British hip hop has like found its way a little bit more since then. This is like the nascent, yeah. nascent days of like uh, British hip hop where there's like a, for, for a culture with a lot of like unique rhyming slang, uh, it, it never really uh, hit with me. Maybe it was kind of like a weird, uh, it was always tied to like these kind of uh, EDM artists mm-hmm. in that I think that that was maybe a more prevalent like uh, musical genre in the uk and i remember i really like the streets and there's like some different people I but uh original pirate material yeah geezers 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 but this is uh yeah. uh yeah this mad this is uh one of my least favorite genres of rap where people are rapping about rap and <laughs> i still uh, haven't heard anything that warrants a parental advisory label not yet that's kind of oh you didn't hear talking about the juicy lucy <laughs> Let's talk about stealing cars. Is this what you want your kids to do? Come on. Speaking of cars, uh, first car. What's your first car? Uh, my uh, mom's old Ford Expedition. Ford mm. Expedition. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mine was a uh, loved it Ford Explorer Sport, the two door. Great car. Oh, man, great car from the south. I had a Honda Civic. Yeah, buddy. EX. Nice. And uh, you know, I was one of those people that bought a car during the uh, pandemic and hadn't really driven a car too much since high school. And I'm still learning how my car works. Yeah, yeah. Like the technology, I can turn on my car from my phone. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm in the same boat where I just... It's wild. I realized like a couple of months ago that if I walk too far away from my car, it just locks itself. Yeah. It's so like not having uh, owned a car in in many years. In that gap. The last car I owned was a 2010 uh, Tahoe. And mm-hmm. like, even since then, I thought that was like, you know, top of the line. And even since then, like I'll get in a rent car today and I'm like, oh man, all these like technology has improved. This is great. Yeah. I just expect it to like turn on and that was it. But yeah, mm-hmm. can do so much <laughs> <laughs> like an old man at this point. <laughs> this song is, uh, is playing at Angelina Jolie's bar. Her second, uh, this is the introduction to her character sway. She works two jobs. Two because jobs. If, uh, how does she phrase it? If you're being honest, you have to work twice as hard. That's true. That's very true. Very poignant. I mean, honestly, the math might be, that might be underestimating. Like, uh, if you were really, if you were as good a car thief as Nicolas Cage, how many cars do you really have to steal a month? Probably two. You could, if you steal a high-end car... Yeah, but you're not thinking about the resale value here. I know this okay. discounted, but say you steal like a hundred thousand dollar car, you can probably get ten thousand dollars for it. Well, That's enough for a month. I mean, was it clear today's in the movie <laughs> how much money they were going to get paid to steal all these cars? Two hundred grand, but that, that was like to, to be split amongst like twelve people or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking, I was like, "This is a raw it's, deal." It's not a good deal. Well, it was always a raw deal because it was like they were making up for it to save yeah, yeah. Giovanni. But it, but it was life, the original so. deal. Yeah, yeah. And and then at the end, it doesn't seem like they ever get paid, but they are celebrating. <laughs> yeah, the yeah they never get the money. I, I love it. We could talk about it later, but Giovanni has the grossest facial hair just to <laughs> accentuate what a sleaze bucket he is. And then at the end of the movie, he's shaved yeah, to he's show shaved. that he's, he's, he's changed. He's reformed. To yeah. <laughs> demonstrate the passage of time. Yeah. Uh, character development. Yeah. I will say that uh, in a lot of movies, I believe them as brothers. Mm-hmm. They seem brotherly. 
There was a great scene where they were yelling at each other uh, at the very beginning, or, or like at the. They're like, "We're going to use our guys too, because we are deserved." Because you're coming in here on our turn, and they're <laughs> screaming at each other, and you're like, "Yeah, they they really uh, they match each other's like insanity." Really fucking well. idiot brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Cage goes over to Giovanni Risby's apartment or house, and uh, you know his Giovanni Risby's character tries to make Nick Cage breakfast and just like pours beer and potatoes, yeah. and, salt and then, like dumps a whole there. container of salt. The it kitchen's was, on fire. Of the, the first half of that scene, I was like, "Oh, this is like, yeah, yeah, this is like a guy who's like uh, frazzled, trying to like." Demo- <laughs> the second half it becomes this like slapstick, like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know what fire is." <laughs> he's like, "He's like, hey man, I, I've got everything together," and he's like, oh, "The kitchen's on fire." <laughs> like, oh, that was a fun scene. I think that I think that made the trailer actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, Nikki, what do we got next? Track five? Let's hear some of track number five. This is the Chemical Brothers with Leave Home. I think this was um, this was their first single off of their first album. I think maybe 1995, so a few years before the movie actually came out. And I think that technically it was on like some mixtape that they recorded back when they were still the Dust Brothers. Um, before I think there was like a legal problem, they had to become the Chemical Brothers. Oh, yeah. Those are both really good names. Yeah. That's like a rare thing to hear. <laughs> yeah, they nailed it both times. Yeah, yeah. It, it shows a certain kind of like uh, competency that's maybe not like I like the Chemical Brothers. But I think uh, what probably uh, raises them above like certain other, you know, uh, Crystal Method, <coughs> other kind of like big beat acts is uh, they sure. just have a little bit a little bit higher like taste IQ. Um, I, I like the song quite a bit. We've heard from them on the soundtrack to Vanilla Sky with their song, Where Do I Begin, which is a great track. The first time I remember hearing Chemical Brothers was uh, playing a copy of the original Need for Speed for mm-hmm. PS1 that I had in the song Busy Child, which is uh, in this movie, but not included on the soundtrack, yeah. unfortunately. And uh, they also had a bunch of... Mu- they've had music in a ton of video games. They had music in Gran Turismo and uh, Vice City, which is maybe a uh, video game soundtrack we should cover at some point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is, isn't Busy Child by Crystal Method, though? Yeah, yeah Crystal that's Method? Crystal Method. Oh! There is, that, there easy, is Crystal easy Method. Easy mistake to oh, make. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought yes. it uh, earlier. I was like, we no. actually hear Chemical Brothers twice. Oh, whoop, no. That is right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, no, yeah, I should yeah. say, I think that this song was actually in High Fidelity, even though it wasn't on the soundtrack. This is a, We did put out a High Fidelity episode well, a year, year and a half ago. Um, so this film, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, was written by Scott Rosenberg who um, you might know him from writing Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Con Air, fun movie. Oh, yeah. He wrote High Fidelity. Yeah. Gone 60 Seconds. Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> uh, classics. <laughs> the classics. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like this song. It's, it's funny that this is like the first song that's like a little bit old for the soundtrack. And I think that there's a lot more music in the movie from like the mid-90s because uh, the weird kind of like big beat 
There was a, a period in the mid nineties. They were guys. also called Crystal Method originally, but they had to change their name. <laughs> Is that the deal? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> just <laughs> in the mid nineties, like all uh, electronic music was essentially written for people to steal cars too. Yeah. Like it's that kind of like, <laughs> or like video game car music. Video yeah. game cars. It's not really yeah, dance music. Steal cars. It's not yeah, really. Yeah. It's, it's it's too fast to dance to. You had to have a car with lights on the bottom, and you had to drive it a hundred miles an hour, and then this would pop on the radio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, how yeah. It worked. But of all, um, there's there's some Chemical Brothers songs that I like. This is up there. This is a good one. Chemical Brothers rule. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge fan. This song is playing when they're breaking into the police impound lot to steal some of the remaining cars. Uh, I think the Mercedes yeah. that are stuck behind there. Uh, there's a big plot point with the laser keys that uh, Tweeter blows it. <laughs> the guy from Varsity Blues. I, I never remember his name, but he's also in Boiler Room. He's the the jacked friend of Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, he, a, he has Scott a Scott Con, right? Scott Isn't Con. that uh, James Con's kid? Um, yeah, Scott was, this he, is like we should say this is at its heart a heist film which is something that i enjoy quite a bit and uh scott con was a huge part of all the oceans 11 12 13 that's right yeah you uh, recognize him from that yeah yeah, yeah. um this is our intro or not introduction but sphinx is in the scene and we haven't talked about Vinny jones yet and that <laughs> Vinny jones first american film yeah was he so bad that they were like just don't talk just make it a, can we <laughs> make it like a thing really- where sphinx doesn't talk <laughs> possible <laughs> i mean he's he has he, one line at the end at the end yeah. he has a great line uh but i do his character's mute his character's mute uh but i guess can talk if he wants to very contrived very contrived yeah. i i uh my theory is that he did some screen tests and they're like look he's really tough we love him <laughs> he just it, he's just not a good actor or something I, like that I don't, I, my theory was that so so vinnie jones was a famous footballer he was a, a british uh, soccer player and then he was in uh lockstock lockstock and mm-hmm. then snatch and yep. then he was in this mm-hmm. and so i i wonder if they were too so the bad guy in this film uh, christopher eccleson is british and maybe they were worried there'd just be like too much british people in like an la movie that's true yeah yeah would have been a little confusing that makes sense but there's uh i don't i wish that i could look at vinnie jones without knowing who he was because he looks so british in my mind yeah. i can't i can't imagine that he's not british yeah i mean i assumed he was british <laughs> in this seems movie like it's so fucking yeah uh, but he plays a, a real rough and tumble guy. Uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> um, this is definitely, you know, there must have been like a, look, we're assembling a crew in this movie. And it's like, well, just throw in Vinny Jones. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently he like messed up one of the scenes they were filming kind of in a, uh, in a good way. It's the scene where they're uh, pulling out of the circular car garage. And he's with the Hummer, yeah. With the Hummer. And he said, there was a cop car kind of on the edge by the exit. And he was supposed to drive around it. And I guess he thought he didn't have enough space, so he just plowed right through it <laughs> when they were shooting. And the the stunt driver in the car like fell off the edge of the of the ledge, and I guess everyone was okay. But they were like, "Genius! <laughs> yeah. What a great shot!" And then, yeah, everyone was probably yacked out of their minds while they were filming this too, <laughs> dude. Okay, Jerry Bruckheimer. I I I don't know any other. Every once in a while, okay, okay. Every once in a while, you'll read about like like the Wachowskis. The Wachowskis did the Matrix movies, and then excited for the new one. By the way, yeah. excited for the new one. I might be the only one. And then Let's I remember. See. No, I'm a, you know, medium excited. <laughs> Anyways, uh, like when um, 
when they did V for Vendetta, yes. it was like advertised as the Wachowskis bringing you a V for Vendetta. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, like they're doing another year and you got excited for it and you watched it. And it felt like it could have been directed by them, but it wasn't directed by them. It was directed by another person. And you're like, seems like so Wachowski. Okay. It's like, well, Wachowskian. That's fine. Like, uh, and this, Jerry Bruckheimer, all Jerry Bruckheimer films feel like they're directed by Michael Bay. But mm-hmm. he was like producing films way before they like found Michael Bay. So I feel like it's it was like a Bruckheimer aesthetic that somehow created Michael Bay like like a fucking golem. Everything's like, like, out like of crawl. Play. And then it's like Pwah. And this like <laughs> the, oh the director of this film, I remember he did uh, California with a K with Brad Pitt and David Duchovny, which I enjoyed. I haven't watched it in a while, but uh I don't know. And he's done other films, but it's like this movie screams Bruckheimer. This is like, we, we did an episode about uh, bad boys. Yeah. The and, first bad boys. And this seems like it's, it's the exact same aesthetic. It could have been directed by the same director. It seems exactly the same to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's a producer and I don't know what is, maybe it's just like cocaine showers. It's, there's something that's like, they're able to just like, uh, impress this kind of like uh, bizarre, nonsensical, like aesthetic over everything they do. Well, is I mean, I think there are more hands-on producers and there's more hands-off producers. Oh, for uh, sure. In the interviews I've seen of Bruckheimer in the making of Gone in 60 Seconds, I was surprised on the level of involvement that yeah. I was seeing him talk about. You know, it was almost like he was the director and, and the writer, you yeah. know? And if you're if you're paying for a lot of it too, I mean, like right. then that's he was he, everyone's he was all got up to in there. impress Jerry, you know, yeah. <laughs> just do whatever he wants, but. Yeah, I will say, you were talking about Vinnie Jones uh, crashing into the thing. Uh, I saw one trivia piece as well that was saying the last car chase was largely improvised. And I was like, (laughs) what? It's the most unsafe. Like, how do you even go about improvising like a huge multi-million dollar car chase? Like... With like stunt drivers and spot drivers and everything. Well, I think that's like a Michael Bay thing where like famously Michael Bay in a lot of action scenes, they'll like set up like four different cameras Mm. and they'll just do like one stunt from a bunch of different angles. And if you watch the movie, they'll like replay like a jump like three times and you're like, why why am I seeing this again? He's been criticized for like messing with the the space time continuum in the way we perceive film or if you watch yeah if like tarantino i remember um i'm not a huge fan of death proof but i like the chase scenes are like amazing in that they're they are like obviously storyboarded like a real like uh like any other part of like a carefully considered film but you know we did like a baby driver episode i feel like the action that is kind of like considered in the same way where it's like we're going to see this and we're going to see this in the, to the highest extent yeah, yeah. and that it goes to the beat as well exactly that, so, yeah. that was a little cringy oh, yeah, with the music I, I fucking love it but anyways <laughs> but in a movie like this it's just kind of like all right all cameras on and like we do a thing and then it kind of like and then we do another thing and it kind of feels that way where there's a lot of scenes in that and we're getting ahead of ourselves but in the last car chase where there's like a huge like uh, Nicholas Cage zooms by and then there's like a big explosion that stops all the car- cop cars mm-hmm. and you're like oh that's the end of the chase and then it cuts and then Nicholas Cage is driving and the cop cars are right behind him again yeah and there's more like, yeah yeah it's just like there's a lot of <laughs> at one point 
<laughs> way adverse. I was at one point they're like calling in. It's like we need to get we need to get a helicopter, and it just cuts, and suddenly there's a helicopter. Yeah, not high above like helicopters they, do they on they top like, of the car. It's like on had the helicopter <laughs> twenty feet off the ground, and it was going. <laughs> the helicopter it was like, going under the bridges. It's yeah, like in, trying in to the do LA like ravine. pit maneuvers where it's gonna like. <laughs> Is it trying to run the car off the road? It's <laughs> like, amazing. I just love uh, thinking about Jer- like Jerry. What are we doing here? What are we doing? He's like, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out when we get on the set. Yeah, we got a bunch. We got it all there. It's it's gonna be fine. Jerry, are you doing all right, man? Yeah, when was the last night? time you slept? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, this is a movie. It's a movie of a lot of set pieces, but even more than that, it's a movie of montages, and I think that's what we're gonna talk about uh, coming up. But uh, Nikki, what's our next song? Let's hear track six. This is Method Man with Duroc Wilder. Phone checker, swinging sword lecture, closing down the sector, supreme neck protector. Better want him, kid, Mr. Mepsa. Falling pop, bout to blow his lid from the pressure. Too hot for TV, for sheezy. Too many wanna be hard, be easy. It's all in together, going all out together. It don't take much to please me. Still, homes are never satisfied like the stones. We don't condone right and see them selling crossbones. Protecting what I'm writing. Yeah, man, I'm really into this. I was into this at the time, and I'm still into this. Yeah, this was 1999. Rock Wilder, the uh, producer, uh, (laughs) I think is kind of funny. You know, he's producing a track for Method Man, and uh, the song also features Red Man, and the song is, like, named after him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh A little trivia. Yeah. uh, I remember... And he's produced, I think, at least one track on every Red Man album since, like, the mid-90s. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, like, not an uncommon thing now, but it was a thing that, uh, at the time, seemed novel to me, which this was an album that was uh, Method Man and Red Man. Mm -hmm. Method Man was from Wu-Tang, and Red Man was... He's from New Jersey. I can't remember what the crew... He was uh, part of Def Squad. Yeah, Def Squad. But everyone thinks he's part of Wu-Tang. People do because of this. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, absolutely. Uh, and they... This Myself is kind included. of like a, yeah. like a proto, like, Watch the Thrones. Or I mean, every time I was trying to think of, like, uh, prominent examples of, like, a concept album with two people coming together, it was always Kanye and somebody. <laughs> yeah. Because he, like... Uh, there's another one, like, uh, Ghosts with... I can't remember that. Anyways, but, like, I think with Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. But, um... This was, to me, it was like mind blowing because in hip hop, there's a lot of like featuring, but like most albums where you have like the, like the group, like Wu-Tang or something or, or Tribe Called Quest, or you have like a solo album with a bunch of people like, and this was the first time I was like, oh, these are two people I already know from separate things and they're doing like a dedicated album together. And it's something, for some reason, it still tickles me because it doesn't happen that much in like rock and roll where you have like Neil, it's like Neil Young and Bruce Springsteen are together for a song. You're like, okay, it's like, no, they're doing a whole record together. You're like, what? Yeah. And they're doing a prank show on MTV together after this? <laughs> yeah, and Method Man and Red Man went on to uh, uh, star alongside each other in uh, How High. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked that. I liked How High when it came out. I illegally downloaded it. <laughs> I don't think I ever it. saw it. I watched it like eight times because I downloaded yeah. it on Kazaa. Kazaa. Yeah, man. Nice. Kazaa days, yeah. I was an iMesh guy. Yeah, I used iMesh for a while. I think Kazan Morpheus slowly overtook mm-hmm. iMesh. Um, but iMesh was the first. The Napster <laughs> P- of P2P videos. P2P client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Destroyed your computer. <laughs> I remember oh, so, uh, many vir- so many e-worms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember vividly the episode of MTV Cribs featuring Redman. It was great. It was just 
an apartment with a bunch of people sleeping on couch. <laughs> there was, <laughs> there's nothing in it. I thought you were going to talk about, he had like a house in like Staten Island or something, or I can't remember where it was. I thought Redman's one is like, Oh, come on in. And it was just like anybody's like apartment with like no furniture. It was just like a normal place, but there was just a bunch of people there that weren't expecting a camera crew. <laughs> He's like, oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you guys. Yeah, the, the place was a shithole. I remember, maybe it was the same one, but there was one where like the doorknob didn't even work. And he was like, hey, look, but you got to rub these two. And he like knew it. He didn't care. And he's like, you got to rub these two wires together and then, then I can hear it. But y'all come back anytime you want. Yeah. Um, this song is playing at the very beginning. Uh, Giovanni Rabisi and his crew, Scott Kahn and, uh, and the guy who plays Mirror Man. I can't remember his name. Uh, and then they're just like, yeah, there's a portion of shop. Let's steal. I guess it's to show that he's really reckless in the boosting game. Yeah, it was uh, the first half of that. I was kind of on board. And then he just starts. He decides to race somebody. Yeah. And that's how he gets. Uh, they get busted. Flying too close to the sun, Giovanni. It was like a little over the top. Yeah. I, the funny thing. So at the the ultimate crew. It's like uh, it's like '90s diversity, where you got like, oh, it's a diverse crew. We got we got black guys, we got a white girl, we got young white guys, we got middle aged white guys, we got some old white guys. <laughs> yeah, Robert Duvall is in this movie. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, I was very surprised in watching this for the first time to see Robert Duvall. I, I very much <laughs> forgot that he was a huge. He's great in the movie. He plays a great role. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Otto, the old mechanic, and like apt name for a uh, yeah, yeah. A mechanic. O T T O. So O-T-T-O. don't get it. Don't get uh, it yeah, twisted. Yeah, yeah. But okay, okay. He he was like the most believable character because he's just like a car nerd that's just like looking out for everybody. And uh, I, I loved him in this. But <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're, this was um, definitely a. I don't know if you saw the most recent Rick and Morty or maybe two seasons ago, but it was like the. You son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> like this, this was a, a definite like montage of calling oh, the people man. and the crew. Oh yeah, Angelina Jolie uh says no. Yeah. And you know, some time passes and some scenes go by and then she shows up. Yeah, with no up. no explanation. And says And she's fully in. No questions. I'm in. And you're like, all right. Okay. <laughs> It's the yeah. easiest crew some assembling weird, that's ever happened. Some weird missing scenes, I think. <laughs> yeah, there's I think so. so many montages. There's like, yeah, the the planning, the heist montage, the putting together the crew montage, the stealing the cars montage. Yeah. There's like some sex montages. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie holds a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. I attest. That's that pretty good. Little, that's like a quarter. That seems a little dim. I think it's a little dim. I think it deserves more than that. I think it yeah. should maybe hover around 55 because yeah. it's a it's an enjoyable movie um it, i think so it gets very convoluted uh like there's just too much happening at the end and too many yeah, loose it's, ends it's, they have to it's tie not together. gonna be a critic's choice it's trip. there's but, a couple but you know i, I think, think you're right it deserves higher it's the, a long two hours the, <laughs> yeah it's, it needs to be an hour yeah. and a half yeah, yeah the perfect version of this film takes itself a lot less seriously yeah and i think that for 80 percent of the film it's doing it correctly mm-hmm. and then there's 20 percent where it, it kind of uh, ruins the, the the illusion of the other 20%. I don't know. The other 80%. See, the, the goofy... Maybe it's like the 2000s humor that just doesn't really translate, but like... Not to not to be the PC police here, but there are a lot of uh, token black guy lines. They, written. they could have also taken out some of the Asian stereotype stuff in the movie. That didn't need to be there. <laughs> Wait, the, the, driver, the driver's that one was a little rough. That uh, did not need to be in the movie. Uh, 
it's true. It's true. But I, I felt that there were a, a few token black guy lines that were clearly written by a white guy uh, that you can just kind of feel. You're like, mm-hmm. ah, that's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> yeah, a few things in the movie did not age well. I, I would say so. But I mean, whatever. Who cares? All right. <laughs> what do we got next? Should we hear some of where we at? Track, Track number seven. seven. This is Ice Cube with Roll All Day. Hey, baby. I got a full Hey, baby. Time. Now we can roll all day. If I can ride all night. I got a full time. Now we can roll all day. If I can ride all night. I got a full time. I see you walking and I'm damn near stalking. You a chicken head and I'm chicken hawking. Now we talking about your unlucky background. And how your ex-boyfriend is smoking crack now. Wow. I'm very, very sympathetic. But baby, where you headed? I got a full tank of unleaded. She got in and had ass for days like boom. I I remember this period of Ice Cube vividly because it was a very confusing time. I do not. uh, For us hip-hop fans because (laughs) it was the the small overlap between scary rapper Ice Cube and like family-friendly actor Ice Cube. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, it was like Ice Cube was... Was he terrifying doing, was he when doing I was a any kid. acting during like NWA time period? Or was uh, that no, like, no. kind I mean, of forayed into that? NWA time period is actually pretty short. But then like early nineties. He did like uh Boys in the Hood. America's Most Wanted. He had like solo stuff and he was doing Friday. And like Friday, you're like, Oh yeah, but that's Friday. like the, you know, that kind of and then in the late nineties it started to get like he was doing more family friendly. And you're like, oh, okay. You're like pivoting. And then you would come out with some song where he's like, fuck you. And you're like, whoa, oh, shit. <laughs> and you're like, what? Yeah, from the family movies? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, how are these things? And then I think he just kind of, his musical career, to my knowledge, has kind of, of you know, dw- I dwindled out. I don't think he's done anything for a while. Yeah. And now he just does like uh, Disney movies. And then he like rants about Jews on the internet. Yep. Yeah, he yep. has some like uh, maybe questionable uh, <laughs> yeah. Twitter history, some anti-Semitic bad opinions. Absolutely, so bad <laughs> yes. opinions. Yes. Bad, like weird bad opinions. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no. There is a there's a great uh, the show the Boondocks. Have you ever saw it? But um, there's a character that like is clearly Fifty Cent or something. And he was talking about like ah, Ice Cube was my hero, and then you know, the younger kid is like uh, the guy who does the family movies, and he's like, yeah, I used to have dreams that Ice Cube would come to my house and murder my parents. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wait, are we talking about the same guy? He was the fucking terrifying, man. You no, know, he was like when I was the, a kid, he was terrifying. He was the scariest, and it was great, but I was so fucking afraid of him. The little skits in between his like uh, songs were about like him putting a gun in somebody. Yeah. Mouth and you would just be like, "Are we there yet? <laughs> like, what? Like, what? Are we there yet?" <laughs> Spooky. And this song is uh, this song is playing by the uh, the Latin gang that rolls up on. Um, I guess it's it's a uh, Frank from Donnie Darko, who's like uh, his name's like oh, yeah, yeah. Freb or something in this, like Fred but with a B. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Fred. <laughs> I remember him in like a bunch of Greg Araki films, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's and then. Uh, but they see him uh, the for that weird plot point about the dog eating the keys and that they have to feed the dog oh, yeah. so the reason, the reason why they had to go to the la like pd impound lot 
is because uh, one of the characters he had a connection at uh, a dealership that yeah, gave Scott him the, Kahn, yeah. these laser cut Mercedes keys, and which kind of tips them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess in the warehouse, like the dog, they have like a big Bernard or Saint Bernard or something. Yeah, that, like, it's a mastiff or something. Mastiff yeah. eats all the Mercedes keys, but, but they like, have to feed laxatives too. But that that. I, I was like, it's insane. I don't remember that uh, taking place, and it doesn't have any context in the movie. Like, it doesn't serve the plot at all. It's just like, oh yeah, now side quest. We have to. Uh, dog has dog. to shit out these keys, and then Michael Pena. <laughs> yeah, is Michael the, Pena is the <laughs> the leader of the Latin gang, who's like, I told you not to be on our turf. And then like the and, dog starts but, shitting and they sift through the shit and he's like, Oh my god, I'm out of here. Yeah. But there's also like there's other gangs. You guys are sick. You you are not aware of this gang, right? Because yeah. there's the other gang that's Ma- Master Master P. Master P's gang. Master P's <laughs> like fucking following Nicolas Cage around LA. And he's good in this movie. Or Long Beach or something. Master P, who's a billionaire and yeah. doesn't need to be in movies, gets his ass kicked in this movie. <laughs> but you never you never know about this Latino gang that for some reason hates the other guys. Yeah. Like it, it, plot, you know, plot point missing that introduces it's also funny that it's Michael Pena, who yeah, is yeah. like the least intimidating guy ever, and he's like the leader of this. I love Michael Pena. Yeah, he's great. He's I great, feel like there's he's there must like be like leader. a fucking three hour cut of this movie somewhere. Yeah, there's <laughs> gotta be. I wanna see all those deleted scenes. There's a lot happening, but none of the none of the dog thing needed to happen because it, it didn't like yeah, it was yeah. like oh here's a slight detour and i guess they thought it was so fu- like that scene was funny here's Maybe. another nitpick hmm. i don't know caleb owns the dvd did you see any uh, deleted scenes or yeah. special features <laughs> bonus on there? footage i didn't i didn't want to dig too deep uh so <laughs> if they're breaking into the police impound so like giovanni ravisi and his crew had they'd been slowly stealing essentially it seemed like they had like 80 percent of the actual cars they needed. Yeah. And they just, they got caught before they got the whole like thing they could deliver. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. And then halfway through this, this like huge heist in one night, they decide the only way they can get some of the cars is to break into the impound. It's like all the cars should be in there. Yeah. Why not just do a massive raid on this impound lot? Yeah, if it's only guarded by one guy who you can distract with a Barbie doll, <laughs> Wait, oh, yeah, that Barbie doll thing. Why did the character have a Barbie doll? See, I like that aspect of the movie. That like, no, it's about the. Uh, it, He's like, hey, look it's over about here. The razzle dazzle. <laughs> it's about the razzle dazzle stealing a car. It's that's, like a, con- a confidence game. That's the David Blaine in you. <laughs> yeah. Look at this. Yeah, his magic is real. Okay. <laughs> it helps you boost cars. All right, Nikki. What do we got next? Let's hear track eight. This is Caviar with Sugarless. it sucks man (laughs) what do do we got here we've got some alt rock from chicago we've got this is some safeway commercials this band had some songs used in some safeway ads good for caviar i don't know if i'd say all right this is closer to like rap rock i think two of the members of this band went to london at some point in the 90s and saw the rise of electronica's popularity 
And uh, I guess they were making like, you know, guitar music and we're like, we got to incorporate this new thing. And uh, it's, it's pretty bad. And uh, <laughs> guitar and techno, everyone thinks it's going to work. It doesn't work. It never has worked. <laughs> their no one's their song Tangerine Speedo was on the soundtrack to Charlie's Angels, which maybe uh, is a soundtrack we should get into. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tangerine, Tangerine Speedo. Tangerine Speedo? <laughs> Come on. We got to do it. <laughs> Caviar. I don't know, man. This song it's gonna is going to be a pass for me. <laughs> gonna be a no for me dog uh <laughs> this song is playing when they you know have to i would also love that like the randomness of where some of the cars are like one's just like in a suburb another's like at this you know a bikini party <laughs> and they roll up and there's a girl that sees uh the computer genius who's along for the ride maybe it's like I don't know what to do. Somebody's looking at me. <laughs> if it's like a okay so so some cars in this film are like classic cars. Most of them are. And some of them are, I guess, brand new 2000s cars. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that fucking SUV that they pull out of a random garage seems like the worst car I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, why would you ever steal that? And it's just like... It's like a Subaru. Couldn't it, It's like some Ford Expedition or something. Couldn't you just take that from like a car lot? Yeah. Or it, just uh, maybe just buy it? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there were some bunk cars on that list. Well, it was the last generation of like, it was the remnants of like 90s car design before everything got redone in like the mid 2000s. Like yeah. mid 2000s cars were like, you know what? Let's take a step back. Our cars are evolving in a bad way. We need like a hard cut. And then you get like the cool new looking Tahoes and the cool new looking like uh, Explorers. The sleek. The sleek ones. But like there's a great movie, uh, Tango and Cash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Kurt Russell. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And they like trick out like this like. It's this weird like. It's like uh, a forward expedition. Right? With a bunch of like missile launchers and shit on it. It's great. <laughs> but it looks so fucking lame because it's like the last like the round like uh, minivan version of like the Ford Expedition. The, mm-hmm. the one that I drove. I know it's lame. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is this is I guess maybe uh, my point of contention. So the idea the consent like the conceit of the film is that there is some some foreign buyer has given a list of all these cars that they want delivered to them uh, stolen. And a lot of them are classic cars. But then some of them are like apparently just like new SUVs. And at that point, don't you like... Yeah, there's like Escalades. It's like, Hummer. Oh, dude, we need to talk about like mileage. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, we can steal from this. Apparently this one random like suburban couple ha- owns one, but it's like, what if it's got a bunch of miles on it? Maybe it's got some other issues. Maybe. Does it know. need to be detailed? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, is like, it dirty you, on the inside? <laughs> because like we could probably get you one with less mileage. And it's like, what, like, why are you? It's like some of these are like holy grail cars in the way that like you talk about like an art heist film where it's like these things are priceless things yeah. or this is a car where there's only like five of them. Blah, blah, blah. And this one's just like some family. <laughs> yeah, they, they wanted to get a, uh, a McLaren F1 on that list, but uh, it was just too expensive. It's like a $20 million car and they yeah, yeah. couldn't get one. Uh, maybe at the time it was less than that, but uh, they couldn't find one. They tried to get famous people that they knew to lend them one, like Jay Leno or <laughs> yes. Elon Musk, and no one would lend it to them. 
Yeah. Can't do it, fellas. Can't do it. It's my favorite yeah, cat. It's my favorite yeah, cat. It's my favorite cat. Tom Cruise stepped in and donated his 1998 Ford Explorer for this scene. <laughs> Thank you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Guys, it looks like we're coming up on a break. Oh, hey. man. Uh, before we go, I got to remind everybody at the end of the episode, we are going to add a track to the track listing Spotify playlist uh, in honor of Gone in 60 Seconds. It's going to be one of our favorite driving songs. Mm. You guessed it. And you've got a game for us, right? And I did put together a game for you guys after the break, and it's going to be maybe a little hard. All right. Well, I'm up for the challenge. Strap in, folks. Here we go. Stick with us. Let's go. Welcome back to the soundtrack to Gone in 60 Seconds, music from the motion picture. Before we get back, we have a game prepared by Caleb Brown. Thank you, Nikki. I did put together a game for you guys. This is a three-round game of uh, Supergroup. Okay. Uh, the game that is not ripped off from Only Connect, but if it were... This, this is how it would go. <laughs> this would be the version of the first round. I am going to ask you guys what all four clips have in common. Okay. Okay. We're just looking for a connection. Just a connection. I want you guys to work together. Uh, I fear that this may be more difficult than I intended. Um, These uh, the rounds should go from easy to hard, and the clues should go from hard to easy. If that makes sense, or uh, least helpful to most helpful. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I'm going to say ahead of time that the third um, round ended up being more hard than I <laughs> intended it to be. All right, all right. All right, come on. Yeah. Pre-roll, but, uh, let's get to yeah, the Let's episode. jump into the first round. So these are, what do these four songs have in common? Round one. Now feel the wind blow Outside my door i Maybe that's a song that's familiar to you guys. Mm-hmm. Got Leonard, it. Leonard Skinner, Tuesday's Gone. Tuesday's Gone in the uh, film Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore which that's none of the Happy Madison movies have had a soundtrack. Mm. So. I thought, but we did Wedding Singer. Was that not, was that not Happy Madison? I don't think it was Happy Madison. I don't think it was Happy Madison. That's confusing. Very Anyways. off-brand Happy Madison. So yes, Leonard Skinner, Tuesday's okay. Gone. Should we hear a clue too? Let's hear a clue too. Sure. And I ain't talking about a cool J. You a big L, and I ain't talking about cool J. See me at the airport, at least 20 Louis. Treat me like the prince, and it's my sweet brother, Noomsay. Group the Sam to choose it. Take him to the show and talk. It's Kanye. Mm hmm. Any song to. I can't remember the name of the song. Um, Stone College Dropout. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the song, but I've heard it. It's a very popular Kanye song. All right, all right. Let's move on to track three. Here is round one, clue three. When I come back, there'll be no need to clock. Uh-huh. I have enough money to buy out the blocks. Uh-huh. Tell my brother go to school in September so he won't mess up in summer school in the summer. Tell my cousin Jerry. Old backpackery. I'm not familiar with that particular song. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know the band. Sounds like Tribe. Sounds like. Something of that ilk, of that mm-hmm, nature. Mm-hmm. 
Let's, should we do clue number four? Unfortunately, I think you guys might need the last clue. I think we do. Here is clue four. I've not buzzed in early for this one. Get up in the morning, look in the mirror. I'm warm as a toothbrush hanging in the stand. That's uh, Hall and Oates. She's gone. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Hall She's Oates. gone. Tuesday's gone. Something gone. Is gone the connection? Gone. They're all gone. Songs that gone are gone. Gone with the wind. So um, the connection is these are all songs that are gone. Clue one. Okay. All right. Okay. Good job, guys. Good job, guys. Let's see if maybe we can say what the third one is. First one, Tuesday's Gone, Leonard Skinner. Very yeah. impressed. Yeah. I thought that that would be the hardest one. Oh, but, no way. That's a classic. Um, number two, if you listen to it, the sample is, uh, I think it's Otis Redding being sampled. It's Gone by Kanye West. Nice. Mm-hmm. Number three, Gone Till November, Wyclef Jean. Oh, oh Wyclef. I was off. I remember that I was one. way off. Uh, <laughs> Wyclef. I still got a beef with Wyclef. So. And then we brought it home with She's Gone by Hall & Oates. These are all yeah. Gone songs. All right. Good for you guys. Gone. What, right, ep- yeah. what episode are we doing? Gone in 60 seconds. There we go. Round two. You guys ready? (laughs) Geared up? Gone. I never think about the overarching (laughs) thing. Okay, so in. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's run into round two, clue one. Chris, you were a 90s club kid, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. You were a 90s club DJ? Yeah, uh, in London, South London for two years uh, when I was... Mr. Uh, Trip Hop. Yeah, when I was 10. Right. <laughs> this is a song that I actually like quite a bit, but I have to remind you that these rounds are organized from least helpful to most helpful. So I, I'm not surprised if you guys aren't pulling uh, anything from this first clip. Maybe we move on to the next clue. Okay, okay. I'm ready for clue too. Me too. Oh, I needed some lyrics, but I know that I know that riff. What is that from? Is it like a Stax recording or like a, a Sun Records recording or yeah, something? It has instrumental, to be, right? Booker T. Booker T and the MGs. There you go. Okay. Okay. Organ. Organ. Stax House Band. Stax House Band. There are no vocals. Okay. Oh, sorry. (laughs) All right. All right. I'm feeling good. Maybe maybe guys would remember that from the Fear and Loathing soundtrack. Ooh. Okay. Listen back. Anyways, clue number three. Let's do it. Let's hear clue three. a little bit of is it like gypsy kings maybe oh i heard a, a little bit of like the, ah! um but um i don't know i'll give you one clue before we move forward that that song was on a soundtrack that we have reviewed okay so and I th- not the big lebowski <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think maybe we're moving in order of episodes of soundtracks that we've covered okay 
Well, that could have been Desperado. Yeah. And so the fear one, and loathing, fear and loathing, it's Booker T. And then what would have been after fear and loathing? Go, maybe. Let's hear the last clue. Okay. Standing in the bookstore line, waiting for the bell to chime, so you can go to class. Dancing in your underwear, taking air conditioner repair, so you can. Get a job. Okay, that is Chevy Chase from Community, correct? Doing uh, Bruce Hornsby, Bruce Hornsby uh-huh. uh, which was also covered by Tupac. But why the Chevy Chase version? Are these the... Get a job. Can get a job. Uh, I can't do Chevy. Um, <laughs> it's a tough impression. Why? Wait, why would that be the Chevy Chase from Community, though? Um, That's from a Community episode... I feel like you guys are... I think we're getting away from it. Rock solid on two of these tracks and completely lost on two other ones. <sighs> that was the... Yeah, Bruce Hornsby. Chevy, Community, Fear and Loathing, Booker T. Changes. Stacks. Changes. Fletch. Is this like a word thing? But or why is these? it the Chevy Chase version? Why is it the Chevy Chase? They're cover, are these covers? These are all done... These are all covered by somebody that was in Three Amigos. <laughs> what what uh what episode are we recording tonight? Gone in sixty seconds. What con- what connection do we have between Chevy Chase and the Booker T and the MGs? They're all in their sixties. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was uh, the connection between Chevy and Booker T? Yeah. Oh, all- cars. Oh, it's a make of car. So okay, the Booker T. Is a oh, the stack? These are these are like models of cars in uh, chronological release order. I think no, that's no, too no. complicated. We just have to know. get a connection between. Yeah, them. I, I, oh, yeah, 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 they're just. Oh yeah, not they're, they're all car makes. They're yeah, all just car all makes. Models and make of cars. Okay, I'm gonna read off the clues right. You want to? Okay. So uh, round uh, clue one is a song called "Delhi" by Delorean. Mm. I don't know if you ever remember. Uh, band called delorean number two yeah, yeah. time is tight but booker t and the mgs the mg was a make oh, car the mg who car made the, companies who made the mg mg was the make MG. yeah yeah and then, and I then got uh, number three from the gross point blank soundtrack el matador by los fabulosos cadillacs oh damn it and number four the way it is by chevy chase <laughs> That's just the Chevy. Way that's Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. You Chase. listeners at home. <laughs> Chevy, Chase. <laughs> Chevy Chase. All right, all right. Okay. Uh, you, guys got how, yeah, you guys got there. Yeah. I, uh, a point of contention. I do feel that uh, Chevy, uh, Chevy Chase <laughs> uh, released a few songs on his own that you maybe could have found. Okay. Well, I almost put in a version of him doing I Shot the Sheriff and I Also Shot the Deputy, but he's doing such a heavy patois that I didn't trust that you guys could be able to pull the Chevy Chase out. You know what? I trust <laughs> really bad yeah. and also he did let it be in a like a chipmunk's voice yeah well that was uh, very recognizable <laughs> oh, God. Chevy, very recognizable what, what chevy what are you done <laughs> chevy. Uh, chevy chase i see one more round i see a round three here all right okay. i am <laughs> i i want you guys to succeed i want you guys to succeed I want you guys to succeed. Remember the overarching <laughs> theme, Christopher. I'm talking to myself here. All right, round three, clue one. Let's hear it. Everywhere, 
like some sha na na some early bullshit. early rock and roll yeah boom boom uh who, who did i mean this? that was amazing for the time who were the people that did the sandman uh mr, mr. Sandman? sandman back to the future song oh, i forgot the name of the yeah. artist or the group that did that so. right, let's move into uh clue number two it's gonna be the oh. blanks we're spiraling chris i know here's clue two Turn the lights out now, now I'll take you by the hand Hand you another drink, drink it if you can Can you spend a little time? Time is slipping away Away from us, so stay, stay with me Right, I think we're getting into some of maybe the the sixty seconds yeah. aspect of the film title here. Time, time. Yeah, time. Uh, I heard time in there. I think it has something to do with seconds or these. Uh, maybe one of the maybe this uh, Pink Floyd. Maybe the intro to uh, time. Let's might listen. Be a clue. I don't know. Listen hard for uh, measurements of time. I think that might be where yeah. we're at. Oh, okay. okay, let's hear clue number three. Salt and pepper with uh-huh. ah, push it. Push mm-hmm. <laughs> it real good. Uh, incredible jam. Love Great that song, song so much. Great song. Push Angels. it. Push it. All right, I'm gonna need that last clue. Yeah, I think I'm gonna need a uh, clue four. Let's hear clue four. Morrissey, okay. yeah, Smiths, the charming man, this charming man, this charming man, push it with salt and pepper, Smiths, some other lyrics salt. in those first two clues that reference time of oh, salt, the sands of time, salt Smiths. of the earth, <laughs> salt of the earth, Smith. Caleb's doing no, no, some no. wild gesticulating <laughs> over here, and it's really distracting me. Uh, we're, I feel like we're circling sands around of it. time, sands of time, salt. <laughs> You're salt saying the, the right things. Salt but the earth. I fear you're never gonna get that. Salt and pepper. <laughs> steak. Can you give us a, a hint on uh, clue one man. or clue two? Uh I cannot. Oh. <laughs> I can say that uh Can't that we are recording tonight. Uh this gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> soundtrack. Soundtrack. Um is there a a pepper in this movie is there a salt in this movie is there a is there a smith the smiths there's multiple smiths i, don't know, I got man. nothing i got yeah. nothing all tapping right. out i'm giving out. out i'm tapping out all right dude. i am gonna read uh yeah i knew this was gonna be rough because <laughs> in in my conception so, i thought it would time. be i thought it would be an easier thing to do and then once i once i put it together i was like i would not get this anyways he crashed a cruel game <laughs> the first clue Good job, by the way. I'm impressed. Anyway, the first clue, Rockin' in the Jungle by a band called The Eternals. I knew it was going to be The Blanks. Mm-hmm. Number two, <laughs> Glad You Came by a terrible band called The Wanted. Mm. I think that was a huge hit. Oh, that. you know, I already got it. All right. These are Angelina Jolie movies. Do you want me to walk walk, walk no. me through the films? Uh, the Eternals is the new one. That's Upcoming. the Marvel. Wanted is the one with James McAvoy where they bend the bullets. Uh, mm. And then... Uh, salt and pepper or salt is it called salt yeah, no. yeah there was that movie called salt that i never saw 
And then there was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The Smiths. Ah, the there Smiths. we go. <laughs> yes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I was thinking Mr. About, and Mrs. Smiths. Well, I was thinking about the oh, cast of yeah. it, and that's yeah. why Caleb was pointing, but we were <laughs> yeah, so yeah, far yeah. from I started, Angelina Jolie. When I was putting it together, I was like, Angelina Jolie, one of the biggest movie stars in the world, a ton of recognizable blue movies, and I'm like, Changeling? Yeah. <laughs> Changeling was good. I'm like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh the, Sorry, I think the audience is chiming in. Yeah, sure. That was the sandman <laughs> sweeping game about. Hey. No, no, I you guys did really well. Uh, I'm impressed with how well you guys did. Well, thank you for putting together that game. That yeah, was, thank you, Caleb. Yeah, yeah. A little we jump bit back? of a Gone in 60 Seconds game. Yeah, I like good. that. Yeah, very on brand. Right on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> how about uh, track number nine? Let's do it. Jumping back into the soundtrack, this is BT with Never Gonna Come Back Down. And if you had a chance, uh, you wouldn't even stop the nodding. Go start the hand of hand. Go stop the moles of I remember this song when it came out, actually. The lead singer, that is a, I mean, it's a guest vocalist, but it's a lead singer from the band Soul Coughing, which I, was... I a, had some Soul Coughing. I had that one CD. We talked about like Soul El Oso. Yeah, El Oso. That was their second one. I yeah. was, <laughs> in high school, I was like a big Soul Coughing fan. Yeah, and uh, that was like a one that, you know, it was one of those fandoms that didn't really like pan out. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I could have been like a Radiohead guy, but instead I was a fucking soul coughing guy. Uh-huh. But I, I saw them like live a couple times and. Uh, Circles for that track. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think they're a pretty good band. I remember I've heard stories where I think uh, Mike Doherty was younger than the rest of the band and it was like. The way he tells it, it was kind of an abusive situation where the rest of the band was like, like, oh, this is what we're doing. And he was like, oh, yeah. Like, and then they were just like bullying him. Everything. Like he was miserable. So it's like, oh, kind yeah. of a sad situation. But uh, I remember being really excited because this is like a point in my life where I started listening to more kind of EDM and dance music, even though mm-hmm. <laughs> I think in retrospect, it turned out to be mostly pretty bad. Even though this is like when Daft Punk was starting to, you know, and I think, you know, Chemical Brothers also uh, turned out to be pretty good, but BT I probably turned out to be pretty bad. BT, I mean, he's a uh, alumni of Berkeley College of Music, there where I go. went to school, and I remember he would like come by and give like presentations, and uh, remember he was developing a. Uh, if you're an audio person, you might remember the plugin he made called Stutter Edit uh, that Isotope put out that. Uh, you know, he had this like particular way of making his music sound really glitchy oh. that he kind of branded into a plugin that people could use on their own. And um, this was definitely the era of like the glitchy, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it sounded really. Yeah. Yeah. And we should also mention that he did the score for um, Fast and the Furious. I was going to say, I was like, he had to have done some fast car stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he was the like, fast car guy. That- this is <laughs> Gran Turismo, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember, so I I was kind of, uh, I was into this track, I think because I really liked Mike Doherty from Soul Coffin. And I, I burned on to CDs for people, like mixtapes. And then there was this like a, 
not even really a friend, but like an acquaintance of mine. <laughs> I gave him a CD. And I remember uh, one day he's like, oh, yeah, like uh, I had a really bad time on some drugs. And I was listening to your CD and this song came on. And it was like never come, going to come back down. And I was so convinced of it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, thanks, asshole. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, you know. Yeah, You're welcome. Like, okay, we, we we joke around about like that songs like this scored the uh, like the ecstasy scene in the '90s, and like I cannot imagine a more like manic, frantic way to enjoy yourself. Just like, going a million miles an hour. It's not dance music. That's like the weirdest thing about it. It's you know like a fast motion version of yourself, and just that's your night, and you wake up the next day. I think that's like the uh, the origin of like the term. EDM is a way to describe music that's not dance music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, oh yeah, we're like uh, house producers, we're like making music. It's like, you can dance to it. It's like, no. Well, well then well, they, they no. were like, well, it's not EDM, it's IDM. It's intelligent dance music. <laughs> God. This song was playing when they were stealing the Ferraris. Uh, really cool cars. What kind of car we got there? What kind of Ferrari we got there, Chris? <laughs> i'm not a car guy uh i've established this i think this was the um these looked like some leftover 90s ferraris which i think was um you know at the time i thought the worst looking ones but in retrospect i really i mean oh I, some of those ferraris are beautiful i'd really love like a 90s ferrari i really wanted that <laughs> out of all that the, lamborghini diablo yeah. sv wait which where, where was that one somewhere in the movie it's on it's on their list yeah there yeah. there is a thing maybe we should mention that um amongst the the clips that you see where there there's like chalkboard clips of the cars that they're going to steal mm-hmm. and uh, you see some shots of some pieces of paper and then like along with the dvd in the liner notes there's a list of the cars that you get as like an easter egg yeah but there's actually 51 cars <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. if you include eleanor which is the uh the 1967 shelby mustang gt500 yeah but apparently that was number 51 if you add them all up together so at the end of the movie he actually did deliver on the 50 cars okay the the gt shelby mustang uh, this was pre, so the, the Ford Mustang started looking pretty shabby, uh, by the two thousands. And then they realized that all these boomers were getting of the age where they could afford really nice cars. And so they came out with like the new Mustang, which looks exactly like this car. They didn't come out with it until like 2004, 2005. I remember when they, yeah, there was definitely a move back to like trying to make them look like the, like the sixties and seventies muscle cars. It looks exactly like the one in this movie. And (laughs) I I think it was super intentional. It was a great move too, because yeah, yeah, you had like those like weird 5.0, like uh, those like eighties Mustangs, (laughs) like look super junky. Then the nineties ones look like a souped up, like a Ford probe. Yeah. They look really (laughs) bad. The nineties ones look real bad, man. Uh, but it's the same one that Bullet drives in uh, oh, yeah, in yeah. the movie with the, Steve McQueen. With the fastback. And it's just like a bunch of dads wanting to be Steve McQueen. And my dad uh, wanted to do it. He got one. He got a black Ford Mustang. And I love driving it. <laughs> Dude, that's... Uh, the funny thing about muscle cars is that back in the day, it's like you could work like a fucking like mail route and save up to get a muscle car. Because these yeah. things are like unibody frames. Like all cars. It was like the way of buying a home. It's like, oh, you want to buy a home? It's like, I don't know. Like... Yeah, do you have like uh, two thousand dollars to put down? It's, you know, everything was 
I mean, it's, you know, I'm making fun of it, but that's like the rational way to like, uh, live a life. But anyways, but it was like, yeah, it's like muscle car. You could be like, I'm in high school and I have like the fucking fastest car that America makes. And it's like a fun thing for me. Yeah. And then now it's like, it's, it's only reserved for, like, I can't even like for like the Cialis yeah. crowd. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, I've got my, my Dodge Challenger. Dude, buying a home <laughs> for me is such a faraway concept at this point. Oh my goodness. It's really <laughs> fucked. We all went to a wedding recently and, uh, we were driving back and there was a, uh, a Bentley that was just like cruising on the highway and like zoomed past us. And I like, look, and it's just the, like the (laughs) dorkiest, like silver haired loser. (laughs) I mean, sorry. I don't know. But like (laughs) this guy was like 72 with like, you know, a wife, like 10 years is younger. And just like, and I'm like, dude, that that Bentley is wasted on this man. (laughs) That Bentley is wasted on him. Yeah, dude, the, the muscle car thing is like, so, so fucked up now because like yeah back in the day it's like if you were a dumb teenager who wanted to like (laughs) kill themselves on the freeway yeah you could get the fastest car james dean baby. but it's like now it's like anybody that can afford a fucking like dodge challenger or or isn't i mean you can afford it but it's like in a place where you can realistically like this is something that i want to have as like my other car or something Mm -hmm you your brain should have matured to the point where you don't want that anymore right yeah yeah you like why would i spend that's money the whole on this point of like yeah, yeah. going through life is that you change that's <laughs> <laughs> true that's true yeah uh, but i guess some of us don't and that's that's how they sell dodge challengers <laughs> if there's a uh, ferrari from the 90s any one of you guys want to sell out there uh, let me know <laughs> i might have market. some more to say about that after <laughs> next track you guys want to hear track 10 please so, this is a3 with too sick to pray Jeez. Well, I ain't got the legs, I ain't got the legs to run that race, but I tell you this, I don't call a doctor, I'm gonna get better, yeah, I don't run for the priest, I'm gonna find some faith, just because I burn my Bible, baby. That's A3 uh, in America. I guess we know them as A3. Um, I think maybe they're called Alabama uh, abroad where they're from, but they ran into some licensing issues with uh, Alabama. Yeah, Alabama 3. Yeah, they were, uh, they were yeah, the yeah. Al- Alabama 3. I think we listened to them on the Lifeless Ordinary soundtrack yeah. <laughs> years ago. Probably Another three, connection. Three ago, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was episode number five. Yeah. 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 Their, their music is described as a, uh, as a blend of country, blues, and acid house. Ooh, great, yeah, yeah. great combo. You guys, you guys <laughs> into that? You like that? <laughs> is that what you like? I mean, I love it. Like? I don't love the song, but I love your description. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do we know the other connection uh, with Life Less Ordinary in this movie? Uh, the song that they had in that movie was called Peace in the Valley. The Valley, L.A., gone in 60 seconds? Well, I mean, I don't know. Delroy Lindo? Oh, yeah, he was one of the angels. Yeah, yeah. Ah, and he, he plays <laughs> Detective uh, Roland Castleback. Castleback? Del- Del- Delroy Lindo. Yes, he's great. A man who never ages on screen, mm-hmm. maybe not even in real life. Uh, there is a bone of contention for me 
Um, <laughs> He's got kind of his uh, Bing Bong uh, cop buddy played by a Timothy Olyphant. Olyphant from uh, the Go soundtrack. They were really yeah. uh, testing the waters for a buddy cop movie in this oh, one. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, easy spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> easy spinoff. In my opinion, they're both great. Highlights of the film. I love Olyphant. I love Delroy Lindo. It's a Hobbs and Shaw if I ever saw one. You know the, what I mean? scene, the scene where... <laughs> This, okay. this guy, you have the best references. There's a scene at the end of the film where Nicolas Cage saves Delroy Lindo's life. Yes. And then Delroy Lindo decides to let Nicolas Cage go. And <laughs> what I described on paper makes sense, but the way that they play it off <laughs> is so terrible. Of Delroy Lindo be like, Did you just save my life? It's like, Maybe. It's like, Well. And it's like, Dude, like. This is the most. This is the weirdest fucking interaction I've ever seen in life. It's not like they were mutual friends, or like it's not like they were people that knew each other and respected each other. It was like, no, I'm a detective, and you're a fuck up that I keep having to run into. That would that scene would have really been like Delroy Lindo grabbing him back, go the fucking ground, go yeah, the yeah. ground. Like it, it was, <laughs> it was so fucking weird because it wasn't even like, ah. Uh, I just, uh, I can't rest. It was like, oh, you. Yeah. You're always just popping up. And you're like, what? <laughs> Get out of here before I change my mind. <laughs> like, one of those, like, it did not, I don't think it was warranted. I don't think they built enough, uh, up to that point. It's so fucking weird. Um, also, I, like, Nicolas Cage would have been responsible for, like, nine of his cop friends' deaths at that point. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of, like, the massive amount of, like, traffic accidents <laughs> he, like, he caused. I know I should be angry at you for you, like, destroying all of Los Angeles. <laughs> Get out of here, you rascal. <laughs> what, what's his line about the brothers? He's like, uh... Brothers, brothers love. love. Brothers love. I, I get, get it. Brothers like, Get out of here. <laughs> and then, there's a lot of, uh... At the end of the movie, they del- they deliver all the cars, but not in time. Mm-hmm. So the bad guy decides to uh, penalize them, I guess. Also, and he's only twelve minutes late with the <laughs> twelve minutes late with the Shelby. I mean, Mustang. maybe you know, if there's a if there's a like a ship going out, then like I don't know, maybe you did miss a ship. But it's also like they show up, and then when everybody kind of bands together, they quickly kill or like overthrow all of the people that have been like dangling this thing over their head the whole time and it's like maybe just do do that that in the first place instead of like stealing all these cars if you're really good at like shooting people and beating people up maybe you can just and we find out that the villain has an affinity for um like woodwork i do like i do like that i do like that they barely squeeze it in they're like yeah he calls himself the carpenter like raymond kalitri aka the carpenter and then like nothing in carpenter world happens and then at the very end he's (laughs) like cage picks up one of his chairs and he's like no 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 no, 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 just put that down. Put that down. Put that down. That's my chair. I really like that part. It's, crazy. it's not, it's not like, earned, but I like it. Yeah. When they like, they're like, oh, shit, we got to add some carpenter shit in there. We forgot to do that. Did you film any car? No, I didn't film any carpenter that's a, shit. That's a 6 a.m. like yacked out of their mind edition. Well, they give a, he gives a big speech at the beginning of the film, the first time you see him, about the carpentry, yeah. and it's a, kind of a metaphor. But then it's like you're supposed to believe that his cover is it like it's like the... It's like they 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 fence all the money through his like carpentry like business or yeah, something. Yeah, that's the front. That's how he launders but, the money. Into but the it. front yeah. is also like in the docks. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, a lot happening. It's like on like Pier 19. He's yeah. like out there like one person making oh, chairs. <laughs> he loves chairs. <laughs> he loves chairs. You're so right though, Caleb. Like 
the real movie should have ended like with somehow Nicolas Cage was smart enough to like put it in a different like put all these cars in a different container and then it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. so he ends up with all the cars and he yeah, gets yeah. the his money cars come and back gets away around. and it's like Ocean's Eleven exactly yeah. it's like an Italian job sort of thing like I was playing all the angles yeah at, at, the, least, how good I am. at the very I mean. least he should run the guy over with a car right right right, right. Uh, I mean yeah, <laughs> instead of he just like that was he the just end bumps of, him into like, he, he falls into the end of Terminator 2 he just bumps him into molten lava or whatever <laughs> he falls he falls into a coffin that he had crafted for nicholas cage for giovanni oh that's right i forgot about the coffin thing early in the, the coffin it's, like, it's affinity for woodwork there's a coffin and you're like what and nicholas cage is like fearing that he's gonna see his brother in the coffin he opens up it's empty it's a little bit of a misdirect like, yeah and he's like i made this for your brother my first one you're like how long have you been working on this coffin? So long. Yeah. This is a very nice coffin. I know it's you're a, a fine wood- looking coffin. <laughs> you're a woodworker, but like the handles are brass. And then there's like a bunch of embroidery inside. <laughs> like this is not like a, I don't know when I got the call. This is, like, you didn't make this this week. You know, um, should be told, I, I actually reserved with somebody else, and that per, that sort of worked itself <laughs> you out. Kind of just, uh, yeah. but I, I got into the coffin, and um, I started doing. In the morning, it became a passion project of mine, and um, now it's your brother's, and he's dead. But I, you know, I, I, but please feel free, dude. To the, the, the don't touch my chair thing. Just. <laughs> I love that I make I'll make fun of the rest of the part, but the don't like the because <laughs> the whole thing is him like if you don't do this I'm gonna kill your fucking brother yeah. and, the guy's and then I'm like, gonna kill your family and then and it's like because I don't care about fucking anything and then Nicholas Cage is like I'm gonna break this chair you're working on he's like no 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 no, 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 no put the chair down put the chair down are we not businessmen are we not businessmen oh, calm down chair. calm down. Let's not lose our heads. <laughs> and he falls into a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. There was a tiny little thing that I kind of liked, and that he gets a he gets a shot off in his fall. <laughs> he, like he's falling. Oh, yeah, he's like, you're kind ah, of like, yeah, you're expecting somebody to get winged, and nobody gets winged. No, no. And you're like, all right, well, Which cool. He got a shot. Off. Uh, is it Christopher Eccleston? Yes. Eccleston. Uh, I remember Chris- he he played uh, one version of Doctor Who, and then I think he was in the uh, the GI Joe films. He was Destro. Eccleston. Which is Eccleston. Yeah. Eccleston. Eccleston. Yeah. Somehow the film only has 25%. <laughs> Somehow. I, as I said, I think it deserves a higher percentage than 25%. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it's like, I think it's in the 55 range because it's a fun movie. The funny thing, okay, so if uh, Nicolas Cage wasn't the lead, if there was a more appropriate lead, because uh, Nicolas Cage is legitimately distracting in a lot of scenes, if there was a just like a normal... Uh, actor in the role, it'd be a much worse film. So it's like True. a little bit of a push pull. Well, he's not suave, and I think it's like this movie's all about <laughs> he, finesse. And he like pulls you out the, of like half of the movie where you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's, let's let's jump into track eleven. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. This is DMX with Party Up up in here. What you do, or you will find yourself very next to someone else. And we all thought you loved yourself, but that couldn't have been the issue. Or maybe they just saying that now cause they miss you. Shit, a nigga tried to diss you. That's why you laying on your back, looking at the roof of the church. Preacher telling the truth and it hurts. Y'all gon' make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me go all out. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me act a fool. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me lose my cool Up in here, up in here 
chain. I leave niggas soft for the brain. DMX, rest in peace, DMX. I know. Um, yeah. The song was nominated for a Grammy for Best Rap Solo Performance, but lost to The Real Slim Shady. And uh, it was also included on VH1's uh, 100 Greatest Songs of the Aughts, uh, which uh, I think it was number 65 on that list. What would you guys think might be in the top five on the 100 Greatest Songs of the Aughts? God, put me on the spot. VH1. VH1, remember. VH1. Is, uh, is Hey Ya in the Aughts? Hey Ya is hey in the Aughts, and Hey Ya is on the top five. Whoa. Hey Ya hey, is number you're... two. <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave. VH1, <laughs> That's it yeah. Good night. <laughs> Get out of here. It's pretty good. Uh, I'm okay. going to take this metal home with me. I'm thinking a Coldplay song is going to be on there. If it's, VH1, <laughs> if it's VH1, we're talking about Coldplay Clocks, number 17. Ow. Uh, is Single Ladies Aughts? Single Ladies is Ots and mm-hmm. Single Ladies is number 16, but another song by Beyonce featuring Jay-Z actually holds, Mad in love. holds the number one. Crazy in Love? Crazy in Love? Crazy in Love. That's number one? That's VH1's number one. Uh, Chris, I, I don't know if you realize I just got the number one and number two songs of the All right, Ots. yeah. I got the number 17, but you don't see me bragging about it. <laughs> <laughs> number three, Lady Gaga, Poker Face. Number four, Eminem, Lose Yourself. Number five, Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone. Since, I mean, hey, don't sleep on Since You've Been Gone. Right? No, I'm sleeping. No, come on. Yeah. <laughs> She's from Burleson. That's very close to my hometown. Number five is a little, little high. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway. Anyways, back to the sound. DMX, okay. DMX. I have been thinking a lot about DMX lately, like since he passed away. This is, in my opinion, he's like a weirdly singular hip hop artist. In that there's, there, you know, if you try to rank like your top hip hop artists, there's a lot of people that are kind of similar to each other or like building off of like somebody else's style. And like DMX, like seems to be in his own. I mean, definitely, like, kind of vocally is, like, a little bit, like, Tupac, uh, you know, Ja Rule, but... But, but nowhere, like, aste- lyrically, aesthetically, aesthetically yeah, yeah. he's, like, got this weird, like, whore DMX thing. I like love a it. BMX, like, he's riding ATVs, he's covered in blood on his album covers. He was in a... Yeah, yeah. He was in some car-boosted movies. Really uh, fucking boosting. weird, weird dude, like, uh, in the, in the zeitgeist. <laughs> And I appreciate it for him. I think I respect him more for it. It's like uh, nobody even tried to do what DMX was doing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm picturing in my head like uh, uh, dogs with an ATV and a samurai sword. Like and, it's all yeah. he's holding a sword. He's covered in blood for some reason. Yeah, I never remember explained. that covered in blood. I'm picturing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a few things <laughs> that definitely had the parental advisory sticker on it. Yeah, man. And his song, like his music, is uh, so even. Like there's a lot of very good DMX songs. Uh, but, but there was some lyric that was so violent. It's like, with the blood and the chainsaw, you know what I fucking spill your motherfucking brains for? And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's like, get, on, get it on the floor. It's so, like, unnecessarily violent. You're talking about killing somebody with a chainsaw and then brains and blood. And you're like, Jesus, God. But, uh, I mean, this song's a jam. This yeah. song's a fucking amazing song. Oh, yeah. You talk about Ice Cube being one of the scariest rappers of, like, the 80s. But, man, DMX. <laughs> DMX. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like it seems like having like dinner with him and be like, oh Jesus, like, just calm down. Oh, I just listened to this album. This guy just yells at you the whole time. Yeah, it's awesome. He just yells at you, screaming in your face. Yeah. 
Should we jump into track 12? Uh, yeah, I guess we can. Let's do it, yeah. You guys got more on T-Max. I just remember the... I do remember when this plays in the film, because this is... Like, snake in the Hummer. <laughs> this is Sphinx, which is also... So Sphinx and a snake in the Hummer. And Yeah, this uh, is the scene where he like drove into the cop car unannounced on set. But uh, it's very shoehorned in, like, oh, I bet you never heard hip-hop before. And Sphinx is like, what? <laughs> He can't say anything. Yeah, I mean, and he puts on DMX and it's like, this is probably blowing your mind, right? Sphinx is like, it's just, yeah, one yeah, of the most popular songs out right like, now. Yeah, it's like, it's been out for a while. Yeah, they, 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 on a radio. <laughs> they boost the car and there's a snake inside. Yeah, yeah. there's a snake inside. The, uh, the license plate says snake. Snake. So the bad, the bad guy, he makes a big deal about all, about the last car not being delivered on time. And that's like, uh, you're like, this is unreasonable. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't mention that a lot of the cars are getting really fucked up. <laughs> really dinged up. Uh, yeah. Especially the last car, which does arrive late. But there's like a... I had a friend uh, in high school who had like a 65 Mustang, which is like a unibody frame. And I think a lot of like these cars from that point, they had these unibody frames where there was no like interior like structure. It was really just one like body. And that's like what kept the car together. And he was like at a stoplight once and somebody drove into him going like 15 miles per hour and the thing just crumpled up like a like a Coke can. I think the unibody is why the production team ended up choosing this uh, 67 Mustang or whatever, because obviously it's such a rare car. They couldn't afford to total one on set. Yeah. So, you know, they had a real one and then they had to make like 20 copies of it. It was an easy car to replicate and fabricate. Yeah, dude, the the jump they could just like you know destroy and light on fire. The jump on the bridge when he like goes off. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of the weirdest scenes I've seen in a long time. He goes over like a like a tow truck bed and flies over yeah. a uh, he like basically traffic gets, jam. Yeah, he gets away, but there's like an accident on the golden gate bridge <laughs> i don't know where they are <laughs> some bridge some bridge in la is there an la bridge over a long strip of ocean <laughs> i don't know what bridge it is to san diego no, it's <laughs> not the golden gate bridge that <laughs> yeah. is not the bridge he didn't make it that far <laughs> it looks like the golden gate bridge and then he launches off of it and he just goes <laughs> so long and then he lands and you can see the thing just like crumpling in half and then it cuts and it cuts back and it's normal again yeah mm-hmm. it's uh, it's like that car is not i think that uh, Vinnie Jones, like Hummer, there's like at least in the movie, just the parts that you see, there's like five cars that are showing up, like totaled. I mean, the Hummer has a grill guard, so that, that when, is. When he was flying over that traffic scene, uh, I was just envisioning. I was like, man, they should have gotten Tom Cruise to be in this role. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember as a kid thinking like this is the coolest uh, car. <laughs> Like, like you know, because CGI, it, nothing was a CGI fuckfest yet as far as, like, car chase mm-hmm. movies. That's true. That was, like, the coolest car stunt I had seen in a movie up to that point. Oh, for sure. At, in, at the time, in, this was a huge deal. Yeah, it was yeah. really goofy. It was like if, uh, if Thelma and Louise had lived, if you saw them <laughs> land and they just kept driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we know who else, like, almost got cast in this movie? I couldn't find any info. I, I couldn't find anything. <laughs> they but keep the, that uh, under wraps. I think they just, they cast everybody they auditioned. There were so many people in this <laughs> They're movie, like, man. holy shit, Duvall said yes. Yeah, bring him in. Oh we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out on the fly. <laughs> Should we hear track 12? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. This is Apollo 440 with Stop the Rock. Stop the Rock. Stop the Rock. 
Stop the rock Stop the rock Can't stop the rock We can't stop the rock thought I recognized that song. I think I remember that from one of the uh, original like FIFA video games. Yeah, yeah. But they uh, they've had music in a ton of movies and video games. Uh, all the Gran Turismo <laughs> titles. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Spawn, Species Two, Charlie's Angels. Another connective thread through a lot of these bands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta do Spawn. Resident man. Evil. <laughs> Um, and yeah, they also did a um, a remix of that P Diddy Jimmy Page Cashmere song yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, Godzilla, Godzilla the album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apollo four forty. The song is playing uh, during the uh, car boosting montage. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is right after the aforementioned uh, Shy McBride. Uh, gives a carjacker a, a proper thrashing, <laughs> and then gives him a lesson on anyone can just put a gun in somebody's face not everyone can break into a car <laughs> yes like, eh, valuable lesson to know. be learned yeah i don't know there's some justice in the world i guess <laughs> dude i i i found myself i think i learned something about myself in watching this film in that i think that i'm such a sucker for montages I'm like, I, yeah, I love a montage. And I was like, three quarters of through, I'm like, yeah, another montage. Let's fucking do it. I can't, yeah, can't help myself. Yeah. And by the end of it, I was like, that's fucking too many montages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, I, did, they pushed it just too far. They like uh, flew too close to the sun. Three quarters of this movie is a montage. I mean, that, that's the old Rocky Four. <laughs> just like most of the movie is montage. <laughs> like, it's wild. There's, <laughs> there's no training montage, but there's recruiting a, a squad montage. Mm-hmm. There's like a planning montage. There's like three stealing cars montages. I love a good, um, an underrated montage is a suit up scene. There's always Ooh. great suit up scenes where it's like, all right, let's do it. And then it's like, belt, jacket. Gun, 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 knife. <laughs> well, we did get a <laughs> Nicholas Cage like open up an old box that had a leather blazer yeah, in it. An old gross blazer. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, uh, uh, let's go. We <laughs> moved out to That's the desert. I had to put this thing away because people would know. Smell <laughs> leather blazer, <laughs> car thief. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a lot of great superstitions in this, you know. It's like, ah, old Eleanor, I tried to steal her eight times. Like, fucking, we should what? mention uh, some of the songs in the film that didn't show up on the soundtrack. And there's a lot. That maybe we wish were on the soundtrack. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Caleb's excited. <laughs> uh, before we mention Busy Child by Crystal Method and... Lowrider by War. How is it not on the soundtrack? Featured uh, heavily. Just, Wild. Because we're done with War. <laughs> it, should have, it should have been on the soundtrack, but it shouldn't have been in the movie because that scene was fucking worse. So awkward. <laughs> the, uh, sorry, the, the Lowrider scene was extremely bizarre. It's so and it's like, weird. everyone's like, <laughs> once they realize that they're getting back into the game. It's like low rider starts playing, but no, no, no. They they put it on the radio. That's yeah. the oh, let's go. He's like oh, listening yeah, yeah. to it's it like, to pump him up. They put it in, and everybody that he has well used to be in a crew with. So even Angelina Jolie closes her eyes and is like low rider. Yeah, this is what we do. But not everyone's been prepped. <laughs> Scott about, Con's like what? Yeah, no one was told that's what they do, and so half the people are like. 
Sorry, and, and you know, Robert Duvall's like, shh, just listen to the song. <laughs> it's very kind of, It looks like they're listening to a song that's like building to something, but like Lowrider's the same the whole song <laughs> yeah, through. There's no crescendo to it. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. Sh- sorry. Shout Please out continue, to, uh, oh yeah, well, other songs. Uh, Brickhouse, The Commodores. Yeah. Um, Folsom Prison Blues, Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah. That would have been great on soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ride on Josephine by uh, George Thorogood and the destroyers those are both prominently played in the movie too yeah yeah all over the movie and uh shout out to uh terry j on uh, amazon uh verified purchase <laughs> one out of five stars for the gone in 60 seconds soundtrack uh terry says i got this for my husband as this is his favorite movie i was very disappointed to find out there were very few songs you actually hear in the movie Mm. And you're not wrong, Terry J. Uh, you're not wrong. It, it, they should have gone more classic with the songs. Instead, have. I feel they they've gone very. Uh, I mean, this is uh, maybe I say this for reviews. But, but also, Terry J. How is this your husband's favorite movie? <laughs> and I, he's, I a car guy. he's a car guy. He's a car guy. He's a car guy. I mean, there's a couple. There's like I would say three or four prominent songs that are not on the soundtrack. But this is like we've done some soundtracks where you're like n- this music is not in the movie. This is all inspired. This is, like most. This is like pretty decent there's like a few notable exceptions but uh terry come on i mean if you're a classic <laughs> One car guy five. like terry j's husband yeah you're gonna want some of the classic songs they play in the movie yeah yeah. you're yeah. not That's gonna want true. some you know trip-hop gobbledygook from groove armada She's like there's you know, no crystal method <laughs> There's no. <laughs> I mean, the, the one thing that struck me as being kind of interesting about these Amazon reviews that I was sifting through was that uh, th- there was a resounding sentiment that I saw in like over ten reviews mm. that said that uh, it was people that bought this soundtrack like three years ago yeah. from Amazon <laughs> for that song by The Cult, "Painted on My Heart," track one. Okay, and they were like, "I bought the soundtrack on Amazon because." I wanted to get the track, and this is the only way I could get it. Oh, whoa. This is not the only way that you can listen to that song. <laughs> there are other ways. Not YouTube. If you're a, not <laughs> a, YouTube. A, not if you're a boomer that doesn't know how to work the internet. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> Pretty insane. I, gotta, I didn't check, but I gotta believe it's on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's there. It's free. <laughs> yeah, you can listen to it for free. You don't have to buy this. It's like, ah, I bought this whole album just for one song. All right, Nikki, where are we at? We are boosting right into track 13. This is Citizen King with Better Days and the Bottom Drops Out remix. I ain't got much else to lose. I'm faded, but busted, been jaded, I've been dusted. I know that I've seen better days. One foot in the hole, one foot getting deeper. Crank a 211, blowing others speak your ass. Much to lose Cause I've seen better days I've been a star over this place I've seen better days I'm uh yeah man I'm old enough to remember when this song was like a nominal like alternative hit I had I had this CD this was from oh. Citizen King's album Mobile Estates from 99 yeah there yeah. was they were from Milwaukee a moment in time where Citizen King and Sublime were on the same level and it lasted for a few months this Citizen King album was next to my soul coughing eels and cake records. 
Yeah. I'm I'm not even kidding. I think I downloaded uh, Better Days on Napster and it was mislabeled as Sublime. One of those, yeah, yeah. like, oh, okay. they're so synonymous, sure. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. right in there. But it was just the first, I can't remember what the, what's the name of the Sublime song that was actually like a radio hit before uh, Brad Newell died? Get it what I got? No, what I got? Yeah, what I got. What I got. Which was like, I was, I loved what I got. I was like, this is a fucking jam. And then this, this song also, this was like, I was in high school and I fucking, I was like really reveling in this like weird, like fucking kind of like reggae tinged, uh, alternative like trip hop uh whatever it is Josh mouthy i was like this is great this is great and i was like these are all the same band and then like uh by the time i got to college like sublime had suddenly become the fucking beatles and uh, nobody had ever heard of this band before it's it's funny (laughs) that you mentioned smash mouth because when i was listening to or re-listening to this song which i used to love i was like something about this because I've been watching some videos by uh, Eric Valentine, who was Smash Mouth's producer, yeah. and there was there's some little buzzy organy stuff in there, and I was like, this sounds a little Smash Mouthy. It, it's the and Eric Valentine, Citizen King. Man, it's it, it's the Walking on the Sun, like early. <laughs> yes, uh, but I'm that, not kidding. No, no. He's the, he's the reason that those little like buzzy organ sounds got into some of these '90s productions. Oh, God, it's, yeah. if if I had a time machine, <laughs> what would you do, Chris? <laughs> killing Hitler? Yeah, would yeah. you do more, or would you stop? Well, now now we well, there's that. <laughs> stop the organ sounds from '90s. Recordings. Well, as as we discussed, we now know the Sublime because of Sturgis. Is responsible for maybe my, no 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 Smash Mouth you mean Smash Mouth oh, oh Jesus Smash Mouth yeah yeah Smash, Smash Mouth. Mouth has the biggest body count of any <laughs> yeah well, to any rock Amer- band in history America's most dangerous band <laughs> yeah yeah the most lethal band <laughs> the most lethal band. <laughs> lethal band what they played like a super spreader event yeah. right that was like Sturgis, somewhere yeah, yeah. Sturgis and the, you can see them like, entrapped yeah oh my God. Uh, there's a name I don't want to think about. Yeah. This song is playing during the assembling the crew. This is the yeah, phone. yeah. This is this like is the real montage, the like, real crew montage. They they had a, they had a long list. He knew a lot of guys that boosted cars. <laughs> he knew a lot of people that they could call, and all of them were like, "Are you sound like you're having sex on the phone? <laughs> you can't you can't steal cars from me." <laughs> you know, like, yeah, he gets down to like the last two people, one of which is the uh, the mute guy that Sphinx. like works in a morgue. Yeah. And then the other like answers sweat. the phone and rests his like sandwich <laughs> on a body, <laughs> just like and like that guy ended up being the most uh, the best player you could get. I mean, Jesus, he killed people. He was like destroyed masterpiece crew. <laughs> he was doing like Molotov cocktails to yeah, like. Man. I would have called that guy first. Just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he doesn't complain uh, and he's willing to kill for <laughs> what. I'm uh, twenty thousand. my life. I'm yeah, very twenty thousand dollars. What he's gonna get? <laughs> nobody. Yeah, 20, what's the math? Two hundred thousand divided by twelve. They never got paid. Then nobody got, yeah, nobody no, got paid. No nobody got paid. cared. And everybody was so happy at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's family. It was setting up for Professor Fuse. Family. That's a. Uh, I don't know, $16,666 a person. <laughs> Not worth taking lives. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's very low. <laughs> Especially like, I don't, you know, be he like $50 like million. Recruits yeah. five people and then like other people to start walking in the door. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is my, you said that I had this and now suddenly there's twice as many people. <laughs> like, wait, you, 
You said for like sixteen thousand. I, I I didn't think this would be like a twelve person job. Yeah, am I down to like four thousand? Because <laughs> I could just fucking sell my Honda. <laughs> we slowly but surely realized that Angelina Jolie and Nicolas Cage had a previous relationship. Yes, uh, it seemed a little forced in the movie, but she is the only woman in the movie. <laughs> So, like, I don't know. Uh, does not pass the Bechdel test. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe, does she talk to the Mustang? <laughs> yeah, Eleanor. Eleanor and her do have a conversation that's not about uh, the two men. female leads. Yeah. We, we find out when they're stealing a car together and they're like parked in the driveway of some couple. Yeah. And uh, the couple is. You know, starting to like have sex in front of the window, and they basically just have to sit there and wait yeah. until they're not standing in front of the window, and that's when we find out. It's so funny that couple is like, and then they like, have like weird car sex talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. She's, she's like, like yeah, I was shifting to fifth. Yeah, uh, yeah. double carburetor. Injector, uh, <laughs> it's the most disconcerting <laughs> scene I think I've ever seen. It's funny that she's clearly making a move, and he just only can vomit car nonsense <laughs> like yeah she's like just, what do you think is more fun uh, having sex or stealing cars so i don't know maybe like washing uh, a car maybe both <laughs> i like i have oil change is like my thing yeah. like, what? Just like, just like <laughs> i'm asking you about sex and uh, trying like, to i'm just really everything. hoping you'd say sex and he's like well maybe what is sex in a car uh, maybe a fuel injector in the system with a v8 engine <laughs> I like double carburetor. <laughs> this movie, it's crazy. It, this movie made me. It made me feel so much for Angelina in her prime. I mean that she she was constantly like the the leading woman for like these uh, movie the, the stars sort of situation. These movie stars uh-huh. where it's like, I'm sorry, but uh, whatever age Nicolas Cage is in this movie. Angelina Jolie is way hotter yeah. than that. And it's like, it, there's so many, it's like, I know that she was married to Billy Bob Thornton, which is like its own conundrum, but it's like, there's a clip that you'll have to watch of them, like on the red carpet. Oh, and yeah. someone asked them about this movie and they're like, <laughs> I don't know. They're just being really weird. Well, it's like, when they have the vials of each other's blood. Yeah. Angelina yeah, yeah. Jolie, like ended weird up era. with Brad Pitt and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two of the hottest fucking people in the world. Like, God love you, Nicolas Cage, but you're not one of the hottest people well, in the world. In you're it, like an old weirdo with weird hair. In the movie. You roll into town to steal some cars. His character was a guy that used to steal cars. You know what I mean? Like, he's not even a guy that's currently but, but cool and that, stealing that's cars. That's such a trope that, like, you know, just one more job. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. one more job to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to talk about the uh, the two, like, Bowflex models that are making out, like, the most, like, impossibly ribbed. Both of them are shredded. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they live they... in like an all glass house. <laughs> yeah. Such a softcore porno. Gratuitous scene yeah. to throw into. What was this movie rated? Was this R? I believe it was an R. Um, it can't be an R. It's got to be a PG 13. If the, if the soundtrack is parental advisory, I would assume that the movies are. No, no. But very, not much swearing. I didn't see any dong. It's got to be PG-13. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll wait to hear... Uh, PG-13! PG-13! Oh, yeah. oh, man. You know, it was probably originally R, and they probably, you know, cut some scenes <laughs> out, and the two of these, like, huge plot holes. This is the scene were. where Nicolas Cage fucks Eleanor? Is that what you think got cut out? <laughs> like, oh, boy. Yeah. All right, Nicky, All right what do we got well. next? We are at the last track. This is track 14, guys. 
This is Trevor Rabin <laughs> with Boost Me. <laughs> Trevor Rabin, not the first time we're hearing from uh, Trevor. This is a. It reminds me. I'm ruffling through some old episode notes. <laughs> I don't know if he did the like soundtrack to like The Rock or something. He but did there the was... soundtrack to Jack Frost, <laughs> which is still one of my favorite episodes. Great yeah, episode, holiday episode. Yeah, Happy holidays, awesome. everybody! That was so good. Uh, <laughs> if you're a new listener, we have a Jack. This is not a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael Ross Keaton classic snowman movie. Jack Frost, Michael uh, Keaton. <laughs> he also did Trevor Rabin, uh, National Treasure. Uh, he also scored Armageddon. But my favorite Trevor Rabin uh, fact. You know, he was uh, the guitar player and main songwriter for Yes yeah. for like the '80s. And uh, Trevor Rabin wrote Owner of a Lonely Heart. That's a jam. It's a great song. Yeah. This uh, score sucks, though. <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds like, you know, some trickle-down Chemical Brothers. It yeah. sounds for speed. to me for speed. like fucking uh, the inside the of Jerry though? Bruckheimer's the, head. Because is it just this because is, we know, like, who did it? Because it doesn't sound that different than if the Chemical Brothers? No, it sounds like fucking know. Bruckheimer. Like, this is... Sounds like Bruckheimer's mind. I hear, writing I heard, the like, the same fucking shit in Bad Boys and, and like, in The Rock. <laughs> like, every Bruckheimer <laughs> film has this, like, gross, like, kind of fusion score where it's, like, kind of pretending to be rock music, but it's also, is it basically functioning as score and it's, like, distorted, like, uh, like, symphonic, uh, uh, guitar and it sucks. It yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was difficult to tell when score was happening and when this song was playing. Uh, but I found out this is when he was boosting Eleanor. Boost me. Boost me, Nick Cage. Boost me. He's like the petting car the car. Yeah, it's very so sexual and weird. They do that whole scouting location thing. And before he steals it, he's like, he's going up and he's talking to the car. And they're yeah. like, shh, 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 just let him like, let oh him do his thing. God. Do his thing. It's we're all okay with this weird quirks. A, a car <laughs> that he tried to steal on multiple occasions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. prior to this and wrong. failed and barely he, got away with he it. He just this shows time. up and he feels it the night before. He just <laughs> yeah. feels it. It's like maybe he should stop touching the car before he gets in. <laughs> maybe like <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just like get a fucking life, man. <laughs> you know, no soundtrack would be complete without a uh, a random track by. Yeah. Trevor Raven. Uh, <laughs> I almost mistakenly downloaded uh, an album of all score. So it's out there. There was someone on Amazon, another review that I found that uh, said, be careful with this seller and make sure that you actually order the, uh, the like the pop music version mm. because I got the score and I can't return it. We're <laughs> stuck with 40 Trevor Raven yeah, uh, cues from Gone in 60 Seconds. For all you listeners out there, the the score soundtrack is non-refundable. That's, yeah, it's uh, completely non-refundable. Universe-wide. You can't resell it. You can't do it. You have yeah. to keep it. It's yeah. like The Ring. We don't Jumanji. We don't know why. That's the way it was score though uh, yes. that is the soundtrack hey, all right hey, hey. Good gone pick, in 60 Nikki. seconds Good pick me. <laughs> boy as is our uh, custom chris why don't you lead off with oh shit 
<laughs> what are we going to rate this? Out of, out of 0 60, to out 15 of 60 seconds. <laughs> I mean, 15 seconds technically it's minutes but we you have to say 60 seconds <laughs> zero to 15 it is out of zero to 15 60, 60, 60 seconds okay. yeah out of zero to 15 60 in your seconds. head just figure it in minutes and then just translate it do the conversion i've got yeah, the calculator yeah. pulled up very cool very cool the, the the best score would be 15 minutes long right right which is 15 16 60 seconds, seconds. <laughs> And also, and also favorite track, least favorite track. Favorite track, least favorite track. All right. Uh, I'll start with um, a favorite track. I, I think I got to go Party Up DMX. Uh, that was a song I listened to a, a ton in my youth. And it's, man, it is a fun song. And uh, rest in peace, DMX. Uh, I uh, We do miss you. We do miss you out here. But um, least favorite song. Oh boy! I mean, the the boost me jumps into my brain. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna really tear down this band called Caviar uh, with their song Sugarless. Sugarless. Um, not I, enough sugar for you. Not enough sugar. I, I like sugar. Uh, I'm hot take. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it's sludge rock. Uh, no, thank you. And I I know some of their other Caviar songs, and they're they're pretty bad. Um, I. I'm starting to agree with Terry J and that there's not a lot of the songs from the movie <laughs> in this soundtrack. It is not chronological. It jumps all over the place. Maybe we should um, have had Terry J in the know, studio tonight. Uh, she's coming on next. Episode. That, re- <laughs> that review by Terry J was also written on February 16th, 2020. Okay. So here's my guess. It is new. It's fresh. We are so relevant. So I think right now, I think there is a, uh, on the pulse, I think there's an epidemic of people buying things and then years later being like, you know what? I fucking hate that CD. And I bought it on Amazon. I'm going to go back and review it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought this in 2009. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to give this... Uh, I have to give this a, a, a subpar rating. Did I'm, you give us uh, your least favorite track? Oh, I, no. I it's did. Sugarless. Okay, I can't Sugarless. Yeah, yeah, pay Sorry. attention, man. Um, <laughs> Get with it, my review. This is the most important part. Of my, uh, important part of the podcast. Um, right. Did you say podcast? <laughs> how many? How many? Sixty seconds. I'm giving out of, six, fifteen. Out of fifteen, sixty seconds. I'm giving this a six point zero out of fifteen, sixty seconds. Okay, six point zero. Um, All right, Caleb. What do you six point zero sixty seconds? All right. Uh, most favorite, least favorite. I probably would have said the DMX track as my most favorite, but having uh, heard you endorse it, yeah, not that it, uh, it lessens the endorsement. Made but, you uh, like it less? No, that's fine. I, I was like 50-50 with that and Rock Wilder, which is a track that I loved when it came out. Yeah. And I still love. I love Method Man. I love uh, Red Man. And I actually feel like it's like a, it's weird. It's like in their prime. Yeah. And it's just a fucking jam. And it's, it's songs a jam. Yeah. And it's a short song. It's like uh, two and a half minutes or maybe not even that. And uh, and it's a song that I hadn't thought about in a long time. And so listening to it again, uh, I really fucking loved it. Yeah, man. Least favorite. I think I might have to go painted on the heart by the cult. Just uh, the the fact that they tried to release it as the single. <laughs> the fact that they were chasing the fucking Armageddon, like, I uh, don't want to miss a thing bullshit. And they were just trying to recreate it. And Aerosmith uh, obviously biffed it so bad that yeah. they went with a cult version. Yeah, the effort to uh, 
to yeah, this product is some, disparity. Yeah, this is it's some really trickle bad. down Armageddon it was, songwriter and stuff. it's not even in the movie. It's the credits song. It's like obviously like we're making the song to be in the credits to like be the song to like sell the fucking thing. It's yeah. just like the Jerry Bruckheimer like we're gonna you know we're gonna make millions of dollars off of this thing. It's not even in the fucking movie. Big it's fucking swing, insulting. Big mess. And yeah. it's fucking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, it, and it's a song that seems to be about having sex on the hood of a car. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking sucks. Uh, out of sixty, out of fifteen, sixty seconds, I'll give this a seven. Sixty seconds. Okay. I think that there's like a smattering of like uh, good and interesting songs on here. I think the Chemical Brothers song is really good. Um, the, the Moby song is problematic, but I like to hear it. Yeah, this is a weird time. That DMX song fucking is great. Yeah. And actually, this is a Ken song. Like, I, I love, I love, I hadn't thought of, that's another song that I, I had, like, exited my mind until I heard it again. And it was like a weird nostalgia, like, blast. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, how do you feel about this album? How do I feel? Good question. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> um, I would say favorite track is track 13, Citizen King, Better Days. Hmm. Yeah great jam uh great music video too i think the singer from that band is now living in berlin and he's like a visual artist and he's uh like in a post-punk band good for him he's like doing stuff hell yeah and uh least favorite track is absolutely track number four groove armada with rap (laughs) oh man that is you don't like that that oh you don't like that talking about rap Rapping about I, rap. I mean, Groove Armada's got some <laughs> decent tracks out there, but that one, uh, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, no. And uh, but you know, the soundtrack has 14 tracks on it. I think that uh, the song by The Cult, the song by Moby, Chemical Brothers, DMX, and Citizen King are like you know songs to listen to. That's but that's five out of 14. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to give this a pretty low rating. I'm going to come in at a uh, 4.0 out of 15, 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Did, I, did I give the highest rating? <laughs> you did for the first time on track listing history. But also, I should also say that in watching the movie for the first time, as absurd as it is, it's, you know, it's stupid fun to watch and uh, was a box office success. They, yeah. they shot it for around a hundred million dollars and it grossed 237 million. So yeah. Bruckheimer's laughing <laughs> all, all the, the way, way to the cocaine dealer. <laughs> yeah, all the way to the dealer. Uh, we should move into our recommended track. Absolutely. Yeah. One of our favorite Thank you guys. Uh, driving yeah, songs. You. Um, I can lead off if you guys don't mind. Go ahead. Uh, my song it's a track from 2017 uh it's not like a super obscure track i think in a lot of uh circles today but uh it's a song that i like quite a bit and maybe maybe some people haven't heard it you know we we a lot of times we uh recommend like pretty well-known tracks from the past uh it's the album is uh sorry the artist is big thief and the song is shark smile
song that I nice. I'm already crying. I I love <laughs> the song yeah. so Such much. A beautiful song, yeah. Like very melancholy. It's a song about a car crash in which I think that the uh, you know, the person singing the song survives and the other person doesn't or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Ah, a Coldplay situation. It's a real... <laughs> oh, are you... Number uh, 17, VH1, top 100. Are you a, <laughs> more Coldplay over there? Oh, I, I don't want to spoil your recommendation. Who wants Darn. to go next? Uh, Chris, like, what clocks? do you have? Or, no. What is one of your favorite driving songs? I've got a song by Swedish uh, electro uh, musician Mitch Murder, uh, and it's called... Night Rider theme. Uh, you guys may recognize this theme song from Night Rider that Mitch Murder has put a couple of uh, twists and turns into, but thought I'd give him a shout too because I love Mitch Murder. Um, but um, I also I think this is one of the best theme songs ever, and it feels great to listen to this in the car. So let's hear it. recognize that jam oh yeah man that's a uh, 1982's night rider with uh david hasselhoff and uh mr feeney as <laughs> the voice of uh kit. Of kit the car i'll never forget the uh timberland magoo song that samples that <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah Dude, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people have sampled that Buster rhymes um there's a great song uh beware of boys uh, that has like a Punjabi remix to it. Punjabi MC is yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. Wait, what is that called though? Beware of boys. Is oh, the beware boys. Boys. <laughs> I was like, girls, watch out. Guys are up to no good. I remember, uh, yeah, I remember that remix, but I didn't know it was called that. Uh, Jay-Z sampled that, the yeah, Punjabi yeah. MC song. Anyway, but yeah, I think one of the best theme songs of all time. And That's true. That's probably true. The show itself is ridiculous. <laughs> but I don't know if I can recommend it. Watch it for uh, Garth Knight, who's uh, David Hasselhoff's evil twin in the show, and he just has like a bad, um, what do you call it, like the... Um, the goatee. The go- yeah, it's like a goatee, uh, the Van Dyke, I guess. But anyway, Mitch Murder, <laughs> check him out. Hollywood Heights is a great song for him, Wait, too. the guy's name is Mitch Murder? The, the guy who wrote this song, yeah, yeah. Or Very wrote, normal. Who did the remix, <laughs> sorry. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Great track. Nikki, what is one of your favorite driving songs? I'm trying to think about this. I was going through like different eras of driving, uh, like high school. Like, what do I pick? Horses. Yeah. Hor- what? Cars. What? Horses. Buggies. <laughs> buggies. <laughs> buggies. You got a buggy oh, song? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you got an old timey buggy song for us. I'm going ba- This was not planned, by the way. I picked this uh, before the game actually happened and uh (laughs) this is a song from 2011 this song comes from a time where um my buddy brett and i were living in austin and playing in frontier brothers Mm -hmm. and uh doing a bunch of driving around playing gigs and i bought this cd by booker t from waterloo and the cd is called uh the road from memphis and this is a song uh by booker t featuring yim yames from my morning jacket and Questlove on drums called Progress. And this is a song we used to listen to and uh, drive around to. So let's hear some of that. Nice. 
Jim James, <laughs> whatever you want to, whatever you want to. Everyone, I say Jim James. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that album is uh, very great, and there's a bunch of different collaborators and singers on different tracks, and there's some instrumental stuff. There's a instrumental version of Crazy that he does that's really cool. Um, but yeah, great album, The Road from Memphis. I yeah, that's a great recommendation. I haven't heard that before, but uh, I when I put together the game segment for this episode, I put it together specifically to not. Uh, step on anybody's car recommendations oh, and yeah. I failed <laughs> but I uh, yeah I, th- I'm excited to listen to that album that's, oh, that's really so good. great but yeah. yeah that's the Booker T of it all <laughs> <laughs> alright gentlemen that is the soundtrack to Gone in 60 Seconds alright 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 our first Nicolas Cage yeah, yeah. hundred more days in the cage. We got to do it. Every episode. Not the, the bees. <laughs> Not the bees. I got so much cage in the hopper. I can't tell you. <laughs> I, I promise next time I, we will decide on a unit of measurement before we get to reviews. And I know that we, this before, I know that we won't, yeah. but I promise. This still. is our number one critique from all our <laughs> listeners. I've actually never heard that complaint, but anyway. <laughs> Nobody cares. Uh, we don't know what's coming up in the next episode, but we know it's going to be fucking fantastic. Yeah. So tune in, and thanks, everybody, for listening. As always. Thank you guys for sticking with us. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.